0: Welcome to WCW vs. road podcast, the podcast that analyzes, dissects, and Harlem sidekicks one of the most important areas of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Dave, and this episode, we're going to look at Road Wild 1997. I couldn't make this road trip without my co-hosts. First, from Dublin, Ireland, Fergus Looney. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. I've had to delve into the whiskey bottle again. It's that kind of show. So we'll see how we go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it, it is rough. I don't know if it's as rough as last year, but still not a, an easy ride, so to speak. Oh, terrible. Hey, yo. I actually like that <laughs> <laughs> And of course, from Chicago, from the good old US of A, Connor O'Donnell, how are you doing today?
2: Hey, yo, Dave. I'm doing good. And It was really hard to hear you all over these stupid
0: bikes and the...
2: I know, I'll stop doing that and the stupid Vuvuzela I don't know if you guys could check that but the <laughs>
0: yeah a few times a few
1: times a <laughs> a few. Crowd is, uh, crowds interesting I'll give it that. <laughs>
2: yeah but better than last year as Dave said and it, like us I'm gonna have to delve into the not the whiskey but the beer yeah. I'm doing a little fist mess because I gotta get this out of the fridge
0: at least you caught a break this time, Connor. We won't be doing a Nitro recap because our last episode was a hundredth episode of Nitro, and nothing has changed since. If you're caught up with the last episode of the podcast, you are caught up with what ha- happened in the Nitros in the meantime. This time, we're going to dive straight into the pay per view, and I'm trying to remember the last episode, uh, the last time we were at Hog Wild, that is. But it looks a little better this time. It, the ring is like on a platform. There's more lighting ramp looks a bit better like it might have actually been shaped for people to walk down and not just some random ground what do you guys think a little bit better than the last one maybe a little i can't remember the the
2: helicopter shots have to be way worse they were shaky as fuck yeah i
1: i'm also uh i think about five minutes into the show i got immediately very very worried for any cruiserweights involved on the show because of that platform i'm like somebody's gonna fall off this
0: and it's, it was still it's gonna like go a gap last time. There was like a worse gap last time. Cause it was more of like a fall in between the crowd. Yeah. And then, but it's still but, bad. No, no one's going to be doing suicide dives. Hopefully on this pay-per-view. Once my eyes scanned array Ray, I went, yeah. Oh no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> his knee is too busted. So he can't do it this time around.
1: Thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. I mean, Chris is also a very likely candidate for, to do something like that. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> his traditional suicide dive all the way somehow. Just all the way into the into the crowd, almost. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. And we've heard from some shoot interviews, including a Kevin Nash one, that the boys did not enjoy wrestling on these shows. It's tough with a loud audience. It's tough with all the bikes revving, and they they just have like containers that they change in in the back. They hate it. Why
1: would you want to wrestle in front of a show that's free and it's full of people who aren't necessarily big wrestling fans? Because also that's what true. it is. It's just a pile of people who happen to be at another thing and they're like, oh, this is also on. So come check it out. Okay. (laughs) Like they're not typical wrestling fans. I don't think.
2: Right. I understand what Bischoff is trying to do. It makes sense, but this whole show kind of feels more like a nitro concept. So yeah. like when you have like this thing on pay-per-views, it, it disrupts your storylines almost. I think the fans are a little bit more in tune this time with what the stories are going or who the bad guys, who the good guys are this time. So at least they have that down. Yeah. But man, yeah, this show was rough. I, I don't know why this is what bugs me most about WCW. They, they just don't learn from their mistakes.
0: Yeah. I, I think oh, that's a no. pretty good observation. I think this would actually make a pretty good, interesting nitro pop the ratings maybe, but giving away your pay-per-view, for free, just because Eric Bischoffs enjoys motorcycles. It's not great. <laughs> it's like, not great.
1: Pay-per-view is meant to be like the best part of your show so that you can continue to get people to watch, not where you try out mental stuff and hope.
2: <laughs> right. Here's this destination kind of show. Because like, yeah. that's what this, this is. Like, hey, the destination is the attraction here. It's not the wrestling,
0: really. Yeah. The opening package gives us what we hear through the entire pay-per-view, and that's deafening bike noises uh, most annoying of which is the transition mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. slides, mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> which instead of the engine, mm-hmm. what, what's that kind of big drill they use in NASCAR to change the wheels and like racing? They do it like a pneumatic well. drill type. Yeah, like when they're just like <laughs> changing the wheel. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> That's the noise in between like the transitions of this video. That's not a motorbike noise. Really? It's like it's an auto parts noise, I guess. It sounds like they bought generic race car noise, and they're just like, "Ah, oh, I know it's not really bikes, but who's going to tell the difference? Who's going to care? <laughs> we are told that the NWO propaganda is crumbling around them because of Lex's win. A lot of the shots in this as well, of Sturgis, I think were the same from last year. I think they're from <laughs> last year's packages. So I think they've just win. saved some of the, the footage before, or they have like stock motorcycle festivals uh, footage to use on this? It's it's Bishops' home video, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I got loads of material while we were around. <laughs> Just
0: people asking, Bish, is that where all the tapes went, Bish? Mm. Mm. Suspicious.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I mean, it's probably hard to get new, exciting footage of this whole Sturgis Festival, but, you know, whatever. It's a bike show. It's not... Well, it's not even a
1: bike show. It's a bike rally. It's not, like
2: it's an adult and oh god the the amount of gratuitous shots of you know
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it didn't take long for that at all (laughs) yeah that was it was a weird there was one woman that has nwo like on her chest but every time i saw it i thought she might be naked but she just has like this sounds weird she just has a wide chest so they pan out to show shows she's fully closed. She has a rather big chest area. I'm like, this is really weird. It was like really odd. Like, Am I the only one to do that? I can't stop laughing because you said fully I know. closed, not clothed. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the description through all of this. <laughs> yeah. Very, very detailed. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> yes. what else to think. Because every time I saw it, I'm like, why are they showing a naked <laughs> woman? I'm like, oh, <laughs> she's not, I guess. You sound almost as flabbergasted as Dusty Rhodes gets. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the best. Anytime a woman had less than like a complete business suit on, he went mental. Every time he just stopped mid-sentence when the camera went on. Any woman that showed any type of skin. Oh, that vest doesn't have any have any sleeves on it. Oh my! Got to stop mid sentence. Can't have a flowing (laughs) flowing conversation with Dusty around some elbows showing.
2: And that's what I'm talking about. You know, we're getting distracted with all this. You know, we're we're laughing and making fun of this, but we're 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 coming off of this hundredth nitro huge like events in this whole storyline, and now we're just degraded to this stuff. The commentators don't even see that excited too. I thought like there'd be some kind of celebration like, Hey guys, we finally did this. It's like, Hey, we won the title last week. Good stuff.
1: (laughs) It's only been a year or whatever, like that. He's had the title pretty much a year and they don't care at all, but they do keep repeating. Like as the night goes on, I guess I pointed out later on when there's a couple of matches in, they do try a little bit to kind of get together some sort of plot, but yeah, it's very like, it's like it almost never happened.
2: It's almost like they know the uh, the finish of the match or something. Although <laughs> I like how Tony Schiavone always claims that they don't know the finishes, which I think is true to some extent. But like other matches, yeah. like you know the finish. Come
0: on, You've, yeah, it you has heard to be what it's gonna uh, be.
1: Like yeah, even if you are not explicitly told, you must know. Surely, in your job, that you would go and talk to the wrestlers for the matches and go, "Is there anything you need?" Blah blah blah. What's going on? Is there anything particular happening? Surely that is part of their job description right
2: <laughs> of better commentators yeah
1: okay yeah <laughs> sure I, I may be giving too much credit to, to the commentary team then for wcw <laughs> largely due to them they're probably just getting paid loads of money and they just don't care at this point
2: <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm shitting on the commentators for uh, for this pay-per-view just because dusty he did not bring the dizzy dukes back maybe it was wearing them but they they're sitting behind a desk this time yeah i, I think he had the
0: same top and hat on I have right. that in my notes. When, uh, <laughs> no way to be sure, though.
2: No, no tattoo for Tony. Oh. He's breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his uh, wife, when you told him that he was looking at the Nitro Girls, he got in trouble. No tattoo. Oh, history.
1: sure. Yeah. Too much Too much talk about the Nitro Girls, so <laughs> it's got to range in. His poor
0: wife. If his wife ever you know, turns on the Nitro or pay-per-view, he has, she has so much to give out about, apparently. Poor Tony's wife. We we are welcomed to the show by Tony as usual on the desk, and uh, with the other two all decked out in their biker gear. Also, I noticed um, Brain just has like tick reading glasses on. Does he always have them on? I I noted that. I'm not sure I've ever seen him wear glasses before. No, it, it feels like he's like a bit of an older guy with a headache because of all the bikes, right? The guy got a headache. Give me my glasses. This he is... probably just has reading glasses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, They keep going on. I'm going to say, they say this to a hundred times to the show. So we'll take a couple seconds to discuss it here, but they constantly prattle on about how if the NWO don't have any of the belts, they're gone forever. (laughs) No one has ever made this a thing. This has never been a contract signed. No, none of the higher ups have ever said it. It's just this team. They have over commentary all the time of the NWO lose a couple matches. They're run out of town. Why? Why don't they keep still wrestling? It makes no sense. No one ever agreed to this. If, if that was the case, why not fire them? You can fire them with the titles and just vacate it. That happens all the time in wrestling. Why do they keep mentioning this? Oh, Dave, you and your lack of suspension of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> it's wrestling.
2: <laughs> it's not
1: meant to make sense.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind if Bischoff or something said it. You know, if NWO gets all the titles, we control it. And if we mm-hmm. if we lose it, all the titles we will leave the the company and then you could do some cool storylines where maybe like all they have left is a cruiserweight belt so a hundred guys interfere in the match or whatever I, I could see that but it's just something tony says all the time that no one else has ever brought up well yeah it's it's the lack of in-depth storytelling that that is very true they, they are trying to give it give it excitement but they've done this for a couple pay-per-views now and it is really starting to irritate me them just making up storyline because there isn't any couple is an understatement what are you on about? yeah
1: basically parroting the same thing for a year now
0: it is starting to get quite tedious not much more said at the desk and we go straight into the first match harlem heat versus a uh, vicious and delicious that's both bagwell and scott norton scott norton scott norton of the nwo i want to say this is the first like pre-match graphics we've got on the podcast of the match and the names and it's like Biker or highway teamed with a big wheel in the background, and a wrestlers' names show up on vanity plates. I think they've done stuff like yeah. that before, but
2: this is just in your face, and yeah, I guess it's not as crappy as usual because like <laughs> past graphics are so crappy. Like I'm not even paying attention to those.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could have just not noticed. I could have just not noticed for sure. I thought usually they just came up like bottom of the screen a little bit, and this just takes over the whole screen. It makes me fondly
1: remember like the. What's the side scroller beat em up wrestling game that they had? Is it the arcade one? It's like um... no, it's older than that because it has like lots of nonsense arcadey type moves with like don' the clown.
2: Th- that's just WrestleMania, right? I thought
1: is it, it, was it WrestleMania? Just, yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, super. It's right? really re- cartoony one. Like the Undertaker, like throws out tombstones tombstone or whatever. Yeah, that yeah, are, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That game's great. That that's the kind
1: of level of graphics we're talking here. I think yes, that's what yeah, it it,
0: no, that's that's exactly true. And when you when you went up from easy to hard mode, instead of making the, the AI harder, they just have two wrestlers in the ring against you. Makes sense.
2: I mean, yeah, it's you know. WCW booking. Damn it! <laughs>
0: <laughs> All I wanted to point out
1: to, to move on from this was that Harlem Heat clearly have deadly music, and the B team do not. And if you're under any doubt that it's the B team, Vincent comes
0: out with them. Yeah, Vincent has been demoted. He was carrying the heavyweight title for a while when he first came in, and now straight down to uh, to Super B team. We aren't going to go over too many of uh, of the backstories to these feuds because, again, we went over them in the last episode. But we saw Harlem; he beat up Vincent last time they had a match. So this is kind of a continuation of that. Though Vincent, you're, str- as you're usual. stretching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're. You're paying way too
1: much attention.
0: Uh, <laughs> paying more attention uh, than the Bookers at the time, probably.
2: I'm paying more attention to Booker's hat. Wearing the sweet Yankees hat. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I do
1: like the crowd automatically assuming that they're the heels because, well, of how they look,
0: to, to put it lightly.
2: Well, um, I mean, if somebody's wearing a Yankees hat, I'm booing them. Fuck you, Russo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We, we, we said this last time, there is that tension, but last time they were fighting the Steiners and the Steiners are super over and Sturgis, as we'll see later on in the card. As the match gets into it, I think the crowd starts off a bit 50-50, not sure who to react to, but they do get behind Harlem Heat and we hear a few chants for them. Before the match does kick off, the commentary team lets us know that Harlem Heat has a surprise for us, that uh, they're going to reveal a surprise, which kind of... I guess, runes that there's a surprise. I'm not sure why you had to say that. Spoilers. This is a surprise during the match. All their special surprises are new managers. Fun. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. The, the the surprise that all the fans are waiting for.
2: I will say it was very interesting to watch Booker and Buff will stir out the match in the future. They kind of had the demise of WCW and the whole invasion angle. So kind of funny just to see it
0: play out like this. Yeah, they are a lot better here than that. Uh, is it a raw match?
2: Or is it yeah, so yeah it's on RAW. It's on RAW
1: when they wrestle. I have a doubt that the the two of them are like by far and away. It's really obvious that they're meant to be singles wrestlers as opposed to their uh, partners. Yeah. You're like, yeah, like I can I can see them being in matches later on.
2: Yeah, at least uh, for for Buff Bagwell though, I, I and he's still working out on his transition. So him teaming up with Norton has been an okay touch, I, sh- I should say. Same thing with Norton. Like both of these guys are kind of tag team wrestlers, so. Them coming together, I thought was a, a organic team up. I, w- I would say.
1: Yeah, if you forget how young Bagwell is still at this stage as well, he's only like in his mid twenties at this point.
0: Oh wow, yeah. One one thing I uh, I noted here because you're saying it's kind of obvious that he moved uh, to another tag team, is he has a decent amount of tag team experience, but he's a bit awkward with the mechanics of a tag match sometimes. So they're doing the whole thing where Harlem Heat are kind of heelish and they're using the ref's distractions to their advantage. But Buff is distracting the ref in real awkward ways. He's supposed to kind of be the hapless face that, you know, gets involved at the wrong time, so the ref has to push him out of the ring. But he kind of just fully gets into the ring a couple times, like walks past the ref without ever hitting a Harlem Heat member, and it came off as awkward to me. Did you guys notice this? No. (laughs) (laughs) No?
1: I'm being a bit nitpicky. I just have kind of enjoyed Buff. To be honest, I thought it was pretty decent. And um, he's the hot tag. Like, I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, he does get the early hot tag in the match, but he's cut down by uh, Stevie grabbing him at the ropes, bringing the fight to the outside for a bit. A brief Harlem Heat chant busts out of the crowd unexpectedly. They pop big for Booker's scissors kick, which does look pretty great. Booker's really, really good.
1: Booker shouldn't be in a tag team. To be honest, he probably shouldn't be in a tag team now.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, B- but Booker is that's a whole very other good. story. Looking very good and very athletic in this match. We get our first WCW helicopter shot. Not sure why we need helicopter shots of uh, of beautiful Sturgis, and why you'd need to spend money on a on renting a helicopter. I hope renting. I hope it isn't a bought WCW helicopter. That's just some cost you're not going to get back. I got yeah.
2: nauseated by the helicopter shots.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's pretty really distracting. So, <laughs> it is so distracting to do it in the middle of a match is even more distracting because the others are done after promos and stuff like that this is just yeah this match isn't doing much for us helicopter shot please there we go there's the town while harlem heat have buff isolated we get our surprise miss jacqueline is the new manager for harlem heat and comes down and starts managing while they're already winning fair weather fan miss jacqueline (laughs) who side is she on (laughs) side is she on (laughs) the bikers don't care they're gonna holler for her anyway they also have no idea who she is, and that's not her fault. She's been involved in a in a Dungeon of Doom angle, and most people don't know who was in the Dungeon of Doom, so let alone the Sturges fans.
2: It also doesn't help. We were just talking about, oh, Harlem Heat, they don't need a manager. It was good that Sister Sherry left. Yeah. Uh, now we bring in no <laughs> Why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess they didn't have much else to do with Miss Jackie, but wanted to keep her under contract now that they've kind of just stopped pretending they have a women's division.
2: Right. I I, I don't think this lasts long because I do not remember this team up at all. So when she actually came out, I'm like, oh,
0: okay. No, me neither. I was really surprised because, yeah, I I always liked Jacqueline. So I was surprised to see a performer and a tag team I liked and had no idea they were together for a stint. But really big shoes to fit. We don't think they need uh, a Sherry Martel, But she's one of the maybe best managers of all time, maybe top five manager of all time, in my opinion. So kind of big shoes to fill for Jacqueline. Vincent grabs Ray's foot and Bagwell and Stevie brawl on the outside after Stevie clocks Vince into a big pop of the crowd. Back in the ring, Norton hits his shoulder breaker, one of the weirdest finishes I can think of. But when he gets back up, Jackie jumps on his back and lays in the punches hard. While the Left is distracted with the brawl on the outside, Booker hits a super kick and then a Harlem sidekick for the win. Miss Jacqueline holds down Steve Norton's foot. I'm not sure how that's supposed to make a difference. Someone getting the shoulder up, but apparently it helps. Harlem Heat with their new manager Miss Jacqueline for the win. They can't kick if you're, if your foot's foot's been held. You can't kick. What about the other and foot? That's where all the
1: momentum comes from. So it's it's think leverage, of yeah. Think of how people kick out of. Uh, it's called kicking out. <laughs>
0: no, but they have a second. They have a second foot. It's not yeah, both of them.
1: You try kicking out with one foot. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to put this to science I want you to record yourself <laughs> kick it out turtling on the floor and then kicking out normally and then then get somebody to hold your foot and then see what happens when you do it <laughs> yeah this, l- get brain this on the will line.
0: be on he'll pause he'll <laughs> this will be uh yeah this will be a uh, bonus material this will go up on Vimeo yeah
2: was the finish a botch, though? It looks like Norton gets his shoulder up. I had to rewind it a few times. Like, it definitely looks like his shoulder gets up.
0: I think it's supposed to be him looking like he's struggling to kick out and just being a bit over-exuberant about it.
2: That's what I thought at first, but when I rewound it, I was like, oh, it looks like his shoulder definitely gets up.
0: He might be trying to do that thing where he kicks up at four, and sometimes it doesn't come off as looking good. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they messed it up. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. <laughs>
2: no, it, it, it doesn't. This, yeah. this match is really throwaway i don't remember too much about it obviously we want booker to do singles run that's that won't come soon enough but yeah whatever i want to see buff buff is the stuff
0: yeah buff's been impressing me more than i thought considering i've only seen him when he's terrible he gets a lot worse there's a lot of wrestlers what a neck injury will do to you (laughs) there's a lot of wrestlers i'm seeing now and like they're bad and i see how they get better like we've talked about chris and chris jericho and eddie like, wow, there's so much better polish than overall performers in like five, six years. With Buff, I'm like, wow, you really deteriorate really fast, dude. That's kind of sad. He's just he's just not as athletic in a couple of years, and he's still really young when he gets his his WWE match and stuff. Well, yeah, it's like four years away. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. After the match, commentary tells us the Steiners are in the back in the internet position, they call it. I wonder what position that is. And the nerd, the token nerd, is there asking Ted DiBiase why he would manage the Steiners? Deebs tells us a lot of BS. Is the is the internet position in the Nerd Sutra? You think? Yeah, I think so. Possibly. Right, okay. It's, the, have only, have it's it the only. It's the only position in the Nerd Sutra. All right. So it's a one page book. It's a pop out.
2: This was definitely a step down from the last one, where wasn't it Rick like doing the racing car game?
0: <laughs> the last time the Steiners were there, yeah, just making noises at the screen. PBS, he's way too coherent for this uh, this nerd internet segment. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's complete waste as well. Like, how just... dare he treat the internet nerd like a human? That's what I That's what I want to know. How dare he not treat the person like so-par scum for asking questions?
2: They're breaking kayfabe, here.
1: Breaking gotta be, K. He's got to be a good guy now, Dave. He has to sell it. Like, the last time people really saw me, he was a bad guy, mm. so. Yeah. that is true
0: match number two of the night we have Conan versus Rey Mysterio in and I'd have to tell you this for you to know you couldn't tell by watching oh yeah yeah Mexican death match you you also gave the, the wrong names I'm very disappointed Listen. okay dog and the flying fury yeah is, there that, you is go. that what you wanted to call it yeah. Rey's vanity plate calls him the flying fury and I'm very glad that never stuck Conan says k dog and I'm very upset that that did stick it's not a not a great name. It's your favorite wrestler, though. So it's all good. I, I will say this is probably the best match of his so far. Ray is tapping his leg when he comes out to the ring, playing on the kind of, is his injury fake? Is it real? Commentary talk about it a lot. He did punk out Conan last time we saw him by faking it and then beating him with a crutch. Yeah, and shoot, sadly, he is still hurt. Yeah, <laughs> just play up, play up the actual injury. Conan is playing the dirty, dirty heel this entire time. He keeps staying super grounded, and he's just doing big, powerful moves, and this suits one of Ray's opponents perfectly. His offense is obviously all centered around the knee early in the match. Also, we get a vicious clothesline by Conan to the back of the head of Rey, and it looks like he just eats the entire thing.
2: That was fucking vicious. Mm-hmm. That had to be stiff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ray was expecting it. I don't think he meant it to be stiff, but I don't think Ray bumped her. Or- At the right times, it just ate the entire team. You could hear it.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite moments of this match, though, there was an awesome sign near the beginning. It said free beer for Sting. (laughs) (laughs) That is
0: great. I hadn't noticed that.
2: You know, we see all these, like, you know, for life NWO stuff or Austin 316, all these, you know, crappy signs and free beer for Sting. I like that one. Creative. That's good. That will lure him out. Yeah, that will lure him in. Not these crappy contracts. Kurt Hennig, come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, the fan is smart, but he's not too smart. No way he can be here tonight. There's no rafters. Where would he be? It just uh, doesn't, doesn't make sense. He's in the helicopter, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That'd
2: be so that would be
1: we amazing. Cool <laughs> <laughs> we make this whole pay per worth it. <laughs> he like comes out of the helicopter. Oh <laughs> man, they missed the trick. <laughs>
2: so great. <laughs> By the way, I was thinking I was at the United Center, and you know he's he's come down from the Raptors in the United Center. So I looked up the rafters like man. It would have been so cool if Sting came down during like random sporting events, like just to hype the shit out of WCW. Yeah.
0: What are you guys doing here? These are my these are my rafters. He's like, Go, wrong, wrong one.
1: <laughs> it's just knocking people out with baseball bats. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so very early in this match, K Dog locks in this figure four esque submission that he moves around into like a Falcon Arrow kind of. What's it called Indian is it Indian arrow deathlock. Yeah, that the, the kind of deathlock. It looks a million times better than his finisher, right? It's like figure side figure four. He sticks on and like pushes with his leg. I'm like, yeah, I'd buy this as a finish a hundred times more than his actual finish.
2: It it does. It looks a lot better just because Ray is one. He's his selling is amazing. I, I yeah, I definitely yeah. underrated Ray as a seller. And I remember when we watched the Hugh Morris match. He does a similar hold to Hugh, but since he's so uh, you know heavy that he like he couldn't do like the hold whatever it was but with ray you can just bend him all you want and it looks amazing
0: yeah i I like i like the size of conan compared to ray i think it's why they work well together because if someone's too big it looks kind of ridiculous when ray does offense to them
2: yeah when he's doing stuff to nash it's like oh this is kind of weird
0: yeah, it's like, it's like a kid playing with his dad almost. It, it's ridiculous. It, like, and I, I know that stuff could hurt, and they have to do like whole stories where Ray like chops big guys down by the knees or whatever, but it looks like Nash should be able to catch him every time he does like a high-flying move. We'll, we'll get to that when Ray is fighting some bigger guys. After this submission is applied for a while, Ray has to go to the outside to rest up his knee, and uh, our questions are answered. His knees are not 100%, and he's starting to sell them a lot. Though the ref starts counting them out. Hell of a debt match, ref. Hell of a... (laughs) Hell of a debt match. I'm sure sure they told the ref. (laughs) (laughs) Even though there is count count outs, there's no rope break. Next submission Conan puts on is wrapping Ray's foot around the bottom rope and applying pressure. Not sure why that's not a rope break. I figured it out. Mexican debt match. Its actual rules are there's count outs, but no rope breaks. That's what makes it debt.
2: No, the, it, it makes a death because they always happen in the shittiest pay-per-views. Last time it was that sold out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's the trick. They're making, Mexican, they're making Mexican fans watch it and then it's going to be the death of them because of how bad it is.
2: Yeah, no, perfect storytelling. Yeah, Conan is, he's turning his back on Mexico. Brilliant. <laughs> by having <Yeah>. these terrible matches. <laughs> 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 he's by
1: disgracing his legacy.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: sure. Uh,
1: <laughs> he's kept that gimmick up to today, anyway. Uh, so hmm. it was some sort of like artistic statement all this time? Right? Yeah, <laughs> long-term booking. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conan <laughs> keeps Ray grounded and tries to steal his mask. Uh he manages to get it fully off, but Ray Chops Conan to the throat and puts his mask back on. Kind of sick of heels going after Ray's mask, and I know it's a very Mexican wrestling thing to do, especially in America because they're they're a bit tighter about it in Mexico. As Tane says, if you get the mask off, you'd actually get disqualified in some Mexican companies. But yeah, it's happening a bit too often in this year span, and I know it happens more and more from also his days in WWF.
1: I I gotta I gotta give credit to the. The camera crew yeah, they do well. and production crew I suppose as well because they don't actually uh, take a video of his face
0: after Ray's next move I lose all sympathy for him after selling a leg big time he goes for a double springboard off the ropes which is him just slingshotting his knees into another set of ropes and then he sells his knee hard like he's been shot in it. What did he think was going to happen <laughs> when he just banged his sore knee off the ropes like it was gonna feel adrenaline. great <laughs> it's all drama, man.
1: man you need more suspension of disbelief here, I think to I think to enjoy <laughs> this wrestling. <laughs> You're thinking about it too realistically. <laughs> uh, I would exercise with Dave. I will oh, what is he doing? What is he doing? <laughs> I'm not saying it's not dumb, but I can I can see situations where people would be like, Yeah, I have to do this, and then they're like, Oh shit, yeah, my
0: knee. <laughs> it it's just the sudden abruptness of the move. So I don't mind, you know, oh I hurt my like leg and I'm going for a power bomb and it gives out. And that's the big move with my arsenal. But like the slingshot, he whacks his knees yeah. so fast off the top rope. She's like, What are you doing, Ray? <laughs> it was never not gonna hurt.
1: It's like Fair enough. You're gonna do a move, and then you like you land on the knee or something. But like the entirety of the move requires his knee, so yeah, yeah
0: I know. Yeah. <laughs> like that move must hurt. Like, like in real life, that move must hurt at the best of times <laughs> Let alone when doing stuff like this.
2: And at the worst of times, Conan I think was just too close to the ropes as well, so it just yeah.
0: it it did not look good.
1: Yeah, I, I have it. I think that they botched it up, and he's Ray actually yep. covers for him. To be honest.
0: Yeah, they, they botch it up in the setup and Ray has to like hit another leg drop and move him and is unsure how to transition. And then the move itself, I think, is botched because Ray doesn't fix it. He doesn't do the move initially, tries to fix the positioning, doesn't. And I think he's expecting Conan to fix his own positioning, but he doesn't. So it's just all a little bit sloppy, considering Ray is pretty clean most of the time as well. Ray claws his way to the top rope after taking more of a beating from Conan he goes for crossbody, but Conan catches him and turns it into a kind of, I have like brainbuster or a cradle DDT, probably closer to a cradle DDT. I had a DDT because it was sick. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. A Really good spot by boat boatman. Conan locks into sunrise and Ray submits almost immediately, selling that leg like no one else. Conan won't let go of the hold and is healing it up nice and good. He then just kind of lingers in the corner while well, the refs put a cast on Ray and help him out of the ring. We don't actually see the refs take Ray out of the ring because it cuts the replays, but I assume the refs help him out. Guys, what do you think of this Ray conan match? As I said beforehand, I think it might be Conan's best outing. A couple botches, but still, I think a lot better than what we've seen before.
2: I thought it was a decent match. Uh, it's much improved Conan being in the NWO instead of the Stupid Dungeon of Doom, so... His uh, character definitely works better in this role and uh, glad to have Ray back even though he should be taking more time off though. Good stuff though.
1: Uh, as uh, as our favorite K- K-Dog likes to say a lot Viva la Rasa, La Rasa, As many times as possible to the hard camera. But I, I thought it was grand. Uh, it's a pretty simple storyline and they kind of play off of it well. Nowhere near as bad as what we've seen from Conan. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so and even a bad Ray is still
2: pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I will say I, I give him a lot of uh, give him a lot of heat, but Conan at least followed a storyline and a logic to the match and played a role, not always perfectly, but told a story, and I'm fine with it. WCW Copter shows us a very busy Sturgis before it gets thrown over to Mean Gene. He shows off his tattoo, which is really faded, but he tells us he got it last night and doesn't remember when it happened.
1: Maybe it's like him and Tony are just like have to
0: swap each year like only one of them is allowed a tattoo at a time maybe i was trying to look up if this was real because it looks really faded but i'm like oh it might also just be fake like a stick on or something but like the color the colors in his arm make it look like it's a real tattoo i don't know like a real old faded one but i i can't find anything about mean jeans old tattoo so listeners if you know if that's a legitimate tattoo on mean jeans arm it's like a rose getting stabbed by a sword or something you you tell us because i i couldn't find out if it's real or not after he shows us his tattoo, it's time to talk about the hotline. Two new managers. One is a former world champion, but who is the other? Gene can't let us know aired. It's just against the law. you got to call I mean, in. Is he just referring to the two managers who've been already on the show? <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to think, would you consider DiBiase a former world champ? He's like an NW, NWA world champ, I think, right? Uh, I don't think he won. He ever won a world title, actually, so that's a good question. Yeah, uh, Gene really knows what the kids want to hear, and that's news about two random managers. That's why we all tune into wrestling. Third match of the night, we get the Horseman team of Steve Mongo McMichael and Chris Benoit against the random team of Jeff Jarrett and D. Malenko. We're told before this match that it's a elimination tag match, meaning both men need to be eliminated to lose the match. Bit of a grudge match we saw. That before that, Milanko has joined forces for some unknown, hateful reasons with reasons. Jeff Jarrett to take on the horsemen. Strength in numbers. Yeah. yeah, Dean just has a random dislike of Chris Benoit, and that's why he's involved in this. Despite wanting to be better off alone, strength
1: in numbers can't be beat, apparently.
0: Wolfpack. A wolf is a solitary, <laughs> lonely hunter The better in packs. When I first watched this match it
1: before we'd watched the Nitro so I genuinely had written down what did he do to deserve Jeff Jarrett <laughs>
2: <laughs> He started so high he started so good
1: in 97 <laughs> I'm starting to go off of Dean the more we watch him to be honest
0: I I, I don't blame you Yeah yeah he, he doesn't he doesn't adapt that much like what our wrestlers have we've seen so far
1: I just I think the more I watch him, the more I, I realize it seems to feel like it's just everybody around him is really, really good, and he just kind of works with them well.
0: He he is not a good generation. Yeah. Like, I I was thinking this, and we're going to talk about it in the next match. But Alex Wright, who was new to the cast, is a good wrestler. Like, is maybe in a is like probably an above average wrestler. Oh,
1: let's not go too far now.
0: <laughs> I, think he's a, I think his matches are kind of forgettable, and it's not because he does anything wrong. Just the cruiserweight class, like the guys about that age, and some of them are still still working today. This just all time greats, I think, in that in oh. in, the, in that kind of category. I, it's I super don't know. easy to forget about people.
1: I mean, it's not to go into too much spoiler territory, but he has a match next month, and it's not pretty. I'll, I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> Dean or Alex?
1: Alex, Alex.
0: Fair, fair.
2: Yeah. yeah. This at this point we we have Dusty. Just he forgets his whole point. He even <laughs> says he's a flub gested when he sees a woman <laughs> in the crowd. A plus stuff.
0: You know he doesn't pose. He doesn't strut with Jeff Jarrett, and they did not walk out side by side. He's, a Whoa! he's, a, he's always been. He's always been. To do, do, do? Well go ahead, Tony, take this. I'm flabbergasted. I can't it. Okay, uh Deborah McMichael in the ring.
1: Uh I mean they get loads of material out of it as well. Like it, it's not like they just kind of let him away with it. It's like Bobby and, and Tony are like, Nope, no, we're we're definitely gonna talk about this now. As if we weren't awkward enough about this
2: show. Well, they're they're bored, so they they gotta enjoy <laughs> it somehow.
1: Yeah, I mean, the crowd is kind of bored as well. I mean, they don't seem to be too into it. Not until Jeff Jarrett gets into the ring. They definitely know who
0: who they don't like, and they They don't like Jeff Jarrett. hate Jarrett. A universal (laughs) truth. As as a species, we can't agree on many things, except fuck (laughs) Jeff Jarrett. Oh, man, I can't wait till you find out that, like, Jeff Jarrett was responsible for
1: all of your favorite storylines in WWE going forward.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is the first time in a while we get the horsemen coming out first, where I feel like they're horsemen, that they're not just doing individual thing. It's the four horsemen trying to prove a point. Still not a lot of communication between Chris and Mongo, but I don't think there's ever a lot of communication between Chris and anybody. I think Chris has just decided he's going to wrestle his kind of match and everybody
1: else can figure it out afterwards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Milanko and Jarrett out second to Jarrett's music, and Dean, who looks like his soul, is crushed. He just lingers a good 10 steps behind Jarrett. He doesn't do any strutting or interaction. His eyes are dead like shark's eyes, though I'm not sure there's much of a difference between that and his first matches. But he does
2: those wrist rubs, though. Classic.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> such character. Much emotion. <laughs> does, does he have less character than Lance Storm? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
1: Without question.
0: Mm, yeah, you're, not, you're I probably think, right. I
1: think Lance is more in on the joke. <laughs> that, that he, yeah, that
0: he's so straight right? certainly lance in wwe gets that he his gimmick is he doesn't have personality almost where dean just doesn't have personality
2: yeah i think it helps that lance is canadian so he kind of you can pull from that
0: well as well yeah that's true that's true that that is american wrestling federation's number one trope right canadians ugh, they also well, it's a foreigner's the
1: evil foreigner that's all you really mm. need like
0: We get our technical wrestling fix straight away into this match. Beautiful exchanges early on by Chris and Dean, reminiscent of the last time they were here, which was their singles match. Yep. This is before Mongo's tagged in, and then the power hour begins with a lot of shouting. And I've said this before, Mongo, not the greatest wrestler, but he does interact with the crowd well, and he does get them going. I kind of like the mixed team of Chris and Mongo, the kind of super, you know, technical and athletic wrestler and just this mouty kind of powerhouse doesn't have to do too many moves to prove his point That's probably models. the wrong
1: way of putting it but the brains and brawn
0: <laughs> Jeez, jesus yeah which is which uh, which is which and we'll let the fans uh, decide that, that's not what i was i was grinning <laughs> with, with <him> for <laughs> jared sucks chance ringing throughout the crowd at the stage of the match already and he hasn't even been in the ring
2: In the middle of the match, I was already in on it, and I was like, why is Jarrett the hot tag? Something is up here. (laughs) Yeah. Why are
1: they waiting so long for the main guy (laughs) to get into the ring?
2: Yeah, it was also weird just because, yeah, again, the horsemen are supposed to be the heels, but they're kind of the faces at this point, so... I don't know. This match was a really, it was it was a snore. I I fell asleep. It, it was, the action was good. You know, the Dean and Benoit stuff, squaring off is really good. And it seemed to be, actually work well together. But for some reason, I just couldn't get into this match. No. Another thing that annoyed me, me
0: just like the, the match I said before with the weird kind of distractions, neither Mongo or Chris brought Dean into their corner to make the tag. So they just leave Dean in the middle of the ring and he wouldn't know what to do. He kind of just stood there and waited for the next guy to get tagged. Twice, Chris just, like, bounced him against the rope, did a move, and just walked over to his corner and tagged him. Once he just left him in the turnbuckle, he, like, whipped him into turnbuckle, not his one, just, like, a neutral turnbuckle, did a couple chops or whatever, and then he just walked away. It's really weird. I've never seen a tag match where they don't drag the guy, their opponent, into the corner before. Have you? Because it's not really
1: for any reason. (laughs) I know it's kind of technically about Deborah, I guess, but it's not really a match for anything.
0: (laughs) I I don't think Chris's heart is in it. He's like, whatever. Let's just get these motions done with. Dean escapes a Mongo with a quick roll and a tag to Jared, and Jared does not want to get into the ring with Mongo. When he finally steps in, Jared blocks some punches and hits a jawbreaker. He then essentially pulls guard on Mongo and keeps him on top of him for the three count to eliminate himself. Kevin Nash takes some notes. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Leaving Dean to get hammered by the horseman. Points at his head like he's smart. And I was saying this before the cast starts. While I'm not opposed to what happens here in the storyline behind it. It really pokes holes in every other wrestling match that happened. Why wouldn't defending champions just do this all the time outside of the finger poke of Doom, of course, or get counted out all the time? I kind of hate when that flaw has a light shined on it, that everyone else is stupid for not essentially just like eliminating themselves from non-title matches. That's that's just to make
1: him really, really smart, Dave, because (laughs) other people haven't thought of it. But yeah, it's just really fucking dumb,
0: to be honest. I do uh, know smart people in real life, they point at their heads. You know when you, when, I, you, I've seen you do that multiple times.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, uh, that it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, but was you, Dave just, wearing the Jared
0: outfit? That I'd pay the scene. <laughs> but like cut so you can see his chest. I <laughs> so would probably need two Jared outfits tied together for it to fit me. But. <laughs> Yeah, I don't oh, know. Man. Can you just imagine passing an, academ- an uh, academic in the street and then pointing to their head? Got a degree in physics, point, point. I just It's just a weird <laughs> thing wrestlers do. <laughs> Dean puts up a fight for a little bit when he gets hit by a tombstone and a flying headbutt by Chris. they are not done with him. Quick tag to Mongo for another tombstone. Or as I found out today, it's called the Mongo spike. Not as commentary as not. T-
2: yeah, commentary would not tell you the name of the move, of course.
0: That's how that no, is. I, I would not ever call it that. Disrespectful to call that move, move among us like
1: This match is really bland to, to get to the end, by the way. this yeah. It's just bleh. I just don't care. Couldn't care.
2: I think what my problem is, is we were so happy to have Benoit move on from his never-ending feud, but now <laughs> he's just got... This s- is the reward. Your reward is get stuck in another en- never-ending feud that's been going on for
0: eight months now? I, I am about past time, past time by months for the horseman to get involved with the NWO. That's all I want. It's like, it's all I really wanted to see for a long time was just a horseman go, well, WCW didn't get it done in the first couple of months. It's our turn to, to face the NWO and Be fight careful them. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might end horribly, but like, <laughs> that's just a pretty natural progression to the story. Horsemen were tied up with the dungeon, and once they're done with the dungeon, they should move on to the NBO. That should be their next arrivals. They should all pair off against different sections of it.
2: Right. They need to redeem themselves from screwing it up last time, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. After this match, we see this WCW wrestlers made the trip to Sturgis. Last year, this video was like full on seven or eight wrestlers have their own bikes, including Medusa, and they're making their way down to Sturgis on their road trip. This time it was just the Steiners without shirts on. <laughs> that is the wrestlers that made the triple party this year.
2: So we we have to talk about this a little bit because I don't know what it is about this broadcast. It, it was either like the crew was like hungover or they just didn't have enough time because they had like a three hour nitro or whatever. But this broadcast is so lazy. Did you guys notice this? I mean, we don't have any promos. All these promo packages are super short, which is fine because I'm like sweet. I don't have to watch long crappy a load of shite <laughs> people writing bites. yeah, <laughs> Lo- loads of shite. Yeah. now we just have like, eh, whatever. Next match. N- not that I want to see a Lex promo, but like mention your world champion. Like yeah. Lex doesn't really get mentioned that much. Like this should be something that you're bragging about. We finally have the belt back. And, yeah, it's and just, there's just you know, nothing hey we are just having a fun time. Cool. Yeah.
1: Everybody's just chilling out. <laughs> okay. I have it down as these are dire. I'd rather we not agree. see them. I'd rather just go right to a match so we can get this over with quicker.
2: <sighs> yeah. Well, Bobby needs to take a drink break at some point, right? I suppose, yeah.
0: <laughs> match number four of the night. Spe- speaking of getting through the matches, match number four of the night. Alex Wright, our current Cruiserweight Champion against Chris Lionheart Jericho. Chris coming out to his super bland music as normal, but this time he has a very colorful lion jacket, and I enjoyed that.
1: That music is so bland the crowd didn't even realize he was a wrestler for a while. Like they literally do nothing. Why is there uh, some music for that
0: glorified roadie? Yeah,
1: it's weird. <laughs> the only reason they realize it's a match is because of his opponent and how utterly over the top uh, the, the his music is.
0: <laughs> the first time Alex dances, the crowd don't really react. <laughs> And then the crowd recognize it might be a thing that could be repeated, and they hate it. The initial it feels like the crowd were going to let him away with the initial one. They're like, "Oh, this guy is just a bit goofy." And then he starts shouting at the crowd and dancing, and like, "No, boo, no more! You got one."
2: <laughs> you gotta love though, Alex Wright, or you gotta love Tony Schiavone burying Alex Wright because someone a fan comes to this event with Alex Wright is the man sign. <laughs> One, that's awesome. But Tony is like, who in the world would have that sign? Way to build up your cruiserweight champion! <laughs> yeah, way, way to go!
1: It's absolutely buried it the cruiserweight. This is das Wunderkind you are talking about.
2: <laughs> hey, don't cough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the first time I saw his 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 dance I was like oh that's so bad and then he did it again I went oh, actually that's perfect
0: <laughs> I like that he kind of looks at himself when he does it he kind of looks down at himself as almost as if he's like are you seeing these abs he's and these superior moves? in every way so of course you're going to
2: <laughs> well, Can we, we, we didn't really talk about his tights that much I mean we talked about there being like neon green and weird colors it really bothers me his trunks—they're like above his waist. Yeah, does that bother you guys or not? Really that's European me.
0: wrestling, baby. Mm, that's right. that's U- classic Europeans. European wrestling style, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's awful. It looks awful. <laughs> it looks as dated as it is.
1: I guess it's like uh, like for the women, it's their nipples, and for the men, it's their belly button. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. He genuinely looks like he's just been given his tights the day of the event almost every time. They're like,
2: uh yeah, we got some in the back. Hang on. No, hold on. They have to be neon. Okay. Yeah. Neon orange or neon green. Mm. Don't worry, Macho Man is on the roster. So <laughs> What are
0: you what are you a ten? We have a fourteen neon green. Take it or Sold. leave
2: it. Sold. Take it or leave
0: it. <laughs> Hit my music. <laughs> 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 uh, it's so good. Wright plays the cowardly heel early and often in this match, bailing to the outside and working the crowd, trying to blindside Jericho when he turns or, uh, turns his back, but uh, Jericho, smart, the smart headpoint face, <laughs> dropped toe holes. In. Wright uses Jericho's hair to get the advantage in the early graps, keeping Jericho close to him at all times and not letting him get any separation. After getting crotched on the ropes, though, Alex does the Hogan walk away, but Jericho stops him with a crossbody off Brett's rope.
2: So, th- there's a few things we need to talk about early in the match. The chant? There's the ch- Yeah, there's the chant, and there's a couple of commentary points we need to bring up. Which one do you want to talk about first, Dave?
0: I did not hear what they said in the chant. I couldn't <laughs> hear. Oh, it. really? Oh sorry, why do you not tell me? Uh, what whoa. Was it? it? begins
1: with F and ends with Agat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Like, I, it's not even close to being subtle. Like, it's...
2: Yeah. Right, and... Jericho is playing up to the crowd, and the engines are revving a ton. Yeah, I mean, so. like,
1: it, there's nothing they can really do except play up to it because they may as well use the heat that they're getting. But yeah, it's yeah, it's, it does not, it age does age not well. aged well. Uh, no, sure.
0: no, I, I would have also said in its time, not like, not not more acceptable, but definitely a more widely used term back then. Sure.
1: Uh, I, I missed the commentary stuff though.
2: So there was a couple. Commentary pieces that I thought were interesting. Apparently, the weight limit of the division is two hundred twenty-five pounds.
0: Oh yes, I do, yeah. I do, I do remember this, but yeah.
2: So today, yeah, marks that these two have an advantage over the other cruiserweights because they're a little bit under two twenty-five. They said, I think he said they're over two twenty. I, I didn't even know there was a weight limit to the division. I'm sure it was just made up, and today's just speaking out of his ass yeah. to make these other guys look good.
1: I mean, I'm sure it'll change whenever they feel like it. So,
0: right. Also, no way, Alex is that like, but that's something else. Oh,
2: I
1: could believe
0: that. He looks He's mad so tall. God. Yeah, but he's not
1: built at all. That's true. There's think. so much
0: human there, though. You know what? He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, or something. So much human. Yeah, just, taller people are just heavy. heavy Put and that, that on the so Tinder bio. <laughs> 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 it's just, yeah. it will be super hard for him to be that. like, like consider, I think Jericho's on the edge of that kind of weight. But Jericho has never been like super shredded. He's always a little pudgy. He's always a little dad bod. I, Alex fights a good like three or four inches taller than him. I I
1: do I do find it hard to believe that he would be a cruiserweight all the same.
0: It, they do remark. I remember the commentary that uh, that Connor is talking about is they remark that he was a TV title in the US contender before this, and they dropped him down for this. And I can't. I don't see it. I, I like Alex. He's a fine wrestler. I like his gimmick and stuff. But. I don't actually see him as a cruiserweight. Now that's kind of been brought up. I just don't think he has the style or physique for that. Really? I, I would agree.
2: Yeah. yeah I, th- I thought it was interesting to bring it up, but it blatantly points it out where this division has gone. And it's kind of lost at this point because yeah, well, we, we started with, Oh Ray with a lot of high flying moves. Now we've kind of gone to a different direction here, which is fine, but it was kind of a weird way to point it out. I thought,
0: yeah, the sad thing is now it's like everything else. So it's like the cruiserweights did too good of a job to get the belt over. Because I think the Cruiserweight title, while it's being slingshotted around a bit, does mean something. I think it's a lot more notable than TV and a huge amount more notable than the U.S. title, which I think neither of them mean anything anymore because of how they've treated them over the last year. Or it would take a while for them to mean something. But certainly the U.S., where you could argue that, that the Cruiserweight is maybe the secondary title of the company now, but not on purpose. Just very good wrestlers have done a good job popping the crowd with that title on the line
1: yeah this this cruiserweight match is really bland I have to say as well <laughs> um, I, I think Alex is somebody that they like but isn't necessarily very good at least yet I don't think he is very limited in the ring and Chris does his best to carry him and it works to a degree but
2: yeah it works to a degree at least they get reactions out of the crowd yeah and that's what most of the other matches on this cart really don't do yeah it's okay. I mean, it starts off nicely, but yeah, this, this match does slow down towards the middle, for sure. It's and like they've gone, okay, Prince Ikea didn't work. Who
1: else we got? Okay, let's try this guy. And it seems very, very similar in terms of what they're trying to do. They even had neon green pants, didn't they? Yeah, I think so.
0: <sighs> My God, they really did just give them all the same wrestling gear. Do you know anything is they have mid-carders they could push? Like Jericho is one of them, to an extent. That are very good wrestlers, but maybe just need a revamp of their characters or repackage or push. These don't. They keep pushing these guys that are a little inexperienced. Well, uh, Prince, okay, is extremely inexperienced, and just and Alex is just not a complete wrestler yet. But yeah, it's it's weird. It is weird that they're getting these young guys and putting. But they also put. They're not building them right. They're just like, well, here's a title. Like this could just be a feud for not a title, and you could still build Alex and not have to put the pressure of being one of your champions on his shoulders. And it does feel like he's a bit underdeveloped to have a belt at the moment. I mean, was there a plan to have Ray have the belt and he just keeps getting injured? Could be. Could very much yeah,
2: be. It, it definitely could be. And I think that's what the division has been been hurting because I think they had some nice storytelling with with Ultimo you know, having Sunny there against Dean, and then Ray being in the mix as well, and then six kind of. Foiling all the plans as well. So the cruiserweight division has definitely lost that aspect for sure. We 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 had some nice story elements, and then all of a sudden just like, oh, Jericho beats him on a house show, and now we're in this weird limbo period. Just zero storylines and very bland characters.
0: Yeah, I agree. The rest of this match, besides what I pointed out already, is not much to talk about. I, I've noted that Wright's chops are actually quite impressive. Maybe not as vicious as Ben was or clean as Flairs, but Big chops, big noises, looks really good for the heel. He has this like weird top rope stomp to the sternum, but he lands on his other foot, and I I don't think that looks fantastic. I hope he drops that fast enough. He's a good moonsault. Yeah, he is a really pretty moonsault, especially Mm -hmm. for such a tall guy. Jericho gets the head of steam back after the missed moonsault hits a Lion Salt onto Alex's back is kind of Jericho's highlight, followed by the, du- the patented double power bombs we've seen. It's been cool, and I have the same marked in Six's match, watching some of these moves kind of develop and get better as time goes. So Six's Bronco Buster goes from being kind of weird and not connecting at start to kind of complete later on. And the same with these double power bombs, we see Jericho do this for a very long time in his career. We kind of saw that the start of the move development on these kind of shows. Hmm.
2: Right. It is really cool. Cause yeah, these guys, you can tell the guys that become kind of legendary in the business. And it's kind of the guys that we've mentioned, you know, DDP, Jericho, X-Pac, yeah. like they, the reason that they become such big names later on, it's just, they keep evolving. It's not just characters, what they say, it's in their moves as well. And I think that's a perfect example of why these guys were just so successful in the business.
0: It, it's, it's a bit like watching a comedian in your hometown and then one or two of his jokes he did in your hometown makes, like, his big Netflix special, because every one of them have Netflix special, full routine. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing little bits of Chris's and Eddie's and Six's matches that worked before get carried over to the next match. And what became one good spot becomes a classic in their moveset. But we get that here with Jericho with his double power bombs after the line salt. Afterwards, he gets crotched on the top rope. A big suplex swings momentum back into Alex's favor. A few pinning combos before Jericho goes for a roll-up, but Alex rolls right through and grabs a big fistful of tights for the three-counter retention of the Cruiserweight Championship. And I don't know if I was expecting Alex to come out of this pay-per-view with the title. How about you guys? Uh, Blindly thinking of it, yeah, I would have thought Jericho would win, but uh, it, it doesn't really matter much. It's me. fine, but I kind of thought he might have been a transition champion, but as we were talking about, would not end up being. <laughs> Don't know about that now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well, the way the the
2: matches have been booked, they've been pretty even, so I I, I didn't mind that being a close affair, him winning with a roll-up feels very fluky, at yeah. least it was a clean finish. But... At
0: least it's also a he, heelish finish is what I like. As you said, Alex not a complete wrestler yet, but playing up to the crowd well and getting his heelish finish in. I do love Wright
2: tries to dance after the match, but he sells his back hurting. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's probably my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. of the whole match.
0: No, that was pretty great. That was pretty great.
2: I, I was like surprised. You guys didn't like this match as much as I did. I, I thought this is one of the better matches on the card. I mean, it's not the best cruiserweight match because hmm. I, I thought they started off really well, but both of these guys haven't really had long matches in WCW. So naturally, I think they got a little tired in the second half particularly, but they seemed a little lost. Jericho was targeting Wright's arm, and that at one point it was just unnecessary. And they, I wish he like kind of teased the Lion Tamer. So the complete package of Jericho is still not there. He's still working things out. Same thing with Wright. You know, he's still kind of a work in progress, but I still enjoyed it for what it was compared to the next match on the card.
1: Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. It's just, I guess, maybe it's colored because it's hard to think of Chris. Without his full body of work in my brain, you're like, oh, I expect more from him. But I mean, maybe I shouldn't expect more from him at this point. But I do think Alex is very limited. I I, I don't think he's a very good wrestler.
0: Uh, yeah, kind of the same. Just absolutely fine. But a lot of these matches, if this was like on a card with a bunch of good matches, maybe I'd be in the mood to watch it. But all, yeah. every match has been like <laughs> super dull. And I, I said before the cast to you guys. I'm losing focus. I have to like rewind it like I'm turning back a page of a book that I didn't fully comprehend. When I was watching, I'm like, hold on. I was just daydreaming. What the hell happened? After the match, the commentary team take a second to really discuss the merits of an important point about wrestling. That's if motorcycles should have baskets on the front. (laughs) They come to the conclusion they shouldn't because you're not going to get the paper and you're not going to put puppies in it. Mystery solved. I really, I really learned something there. I'm not quite sure Mystery. what it was, but I learned something. Uh. Solved. <laughs> match number five of the night: Ric Flair versus Six. Singles match of the disrespectful Six, not respecting his elders in Ric Flair. So this challenge was thrown down. Interesting. Like this feels like a Japanese match, and like a junior fighting a heavyweight, a legend fighting a newcomer. And I actually like this dynamic, and they play up to it in the match. Maybe not as much as they could, but yeah, disrespectful youth coming up against an actual legendary wrestler in the business and trying to prove himself. Matches like this must also mean they're very behind six at the moment, and I can see why he's getting really good reactions from the crowd.
2: It's really interesting you say that for a numerous re- a number of reasons. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was like considering the foreshadowing. Connor has been talking. Uh, I I don't think Connor likes this match.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying I like it. I just like the story. Right. Right. Uh, well, so
2: there was a few things that I meant by that Was yeah Six is uh, Spoilers he's not gonna last Very long in this company He, I read in the dirt sheets that he basically got fired Before this pay-per-view but like Hall and Nash complained apparently or whatever So they got him back in who knows
0: <laughs> did, it, did it say why he got fired
2: He said some dirty language On TV and the, the Turner <laughs> executive was like you gotta get this guy Out of here or something whatever
0: That's wasteful considering how much they put him over and if you're considering firing him, even if you're convinced not to, don't have him wrestle Ric Flair. Well, I mean,
1: I'm assuming that he got fired after they denounced the match or whatever. But yeah, that's great, great aim
0: management going on there. <laughs> Six is oozing disrespect for this match. Crotch shops at the start and fake karate often and early. After getting the better of six a couple times, Flair throws back the crotch shops on six turns much more serious, which I like the disrespect fitting his character and then all of a sudden realizing he's in for an actual wrestling match and taking it all a lot more serious. First time in the cast, I think we've seen a full normal Bronco Buster the way we would have seen it in the Attitude Era because he's done a couple on the cast, but they've been weird. There's been like an upside down one. There was one where he did it like much slower, which somehow makes it, Grosser, but not more entertaining to watch. <laughs> I mean, whatever you're into at the weekend, Dave, it's.
2: Yeah, you know. I'd, whatever. So there's a few things that really bothered me about this match. I mean, number one, the gratuitous close-ups of bikers revving their engines i don't know if Bishop was just like jacking off in the back or whatever I, it was so weird it's just hey yeah, he's shots revving of his hands engine. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah give me that shot again <laughs> give me that shot again
0: yeah. in uh-huh. their ears back to the motorcycles but they're doing like a double jumping tombstone i said <laughs> back to the motorcycles
2: oh man yeah uh. Anyway, so we've had a couple of NWO matches now and we, we talked a little about the continuity between Nitro and pay-per-view. Like, why doesn't the NWO come out with their other members? Okay, Vincent came out with the the tag team, but that's it yeah. for the entire night.
0: The one excuse I'll give it for this match is I think commentary said sometime like, oh, they must be like brainstorming with Hogan on how to keep or how to get back the World Heavyweight Championship.
2: Yeah, Bra- Brain says they must be in a meeting. Okay.
0: Yeah, they must be in a meeting. So at least, at least they know it's kind of ridiculous that they're doing this and they're throwing out excuses. But yeah, that it's not only this isolated one. They've stopped kind of doing it the last couple pay reviews. Well, they almost never do it, like, which, which is weird because in my mind, the NWO was associated with like non matches. Them just stomping people for winning matches. I kind of get it from a
1: overall point of view, and that like, there's only so many times you can do it before people get fed up of it. Is It is a hard line to cross, but like, yeah, I don't understand why at least people aren't even standing outside actually act like a stable.
2: <laughs> right. And that's all I want, because the whole feud between Rey Mysterio with six, Hall and Nash is because the outsiders came out with six with all their matches that they had. Mm. It, I, it's That's what bothers me is like we're coming right off from that into this. It's just the continuity is just all over the place here.
0: Yep. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. 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 This match is not really very long and has a lot of filler in the mids, kind of midsection. Flair does not get much offense in early in the match. It's all six kind of kicks and grinding down Flair. A long distance leg drop by six looks pretty impressive. Flair gets some offense in. He has some huge chops when it looks like he's too tired or he's worn down. Just out of nowhere and they look pretty cool. Six goes for a second Bronco Buster on Flair in the corner where Flair gets his boot up, crotching or dick kicking, I guess, six.
2: <laughs>
0: he pinned six after this with both feet on the top rope, and that is the most believable finish in wrestling history. If I ran that fast right into a dick shot, I'd be down for, it for a night. like 40, 50 seconds, no way anyone's getting up. I'm not bothered kicking up out of that situation. Best finish in the business. <laughs>
2: It looks like he actually took it pretty well, too. He had to have been wearing a cup or something because... Yeah, I imagine. Can't really fake that, really. He got him right um, in there. it right in the gooch.
0: This match well, was bad. It yeah, I, I so have bad. to agree. You've kind of given your breakdown of it already, Connor, but I, I think I agree. It's, it's a bad match. I like the idea of the story of six against Flair and that overarching, you know, young, old, disrespectful, old school kind of dynamic and kind of wish it we could have seen a bit more of it or fleshed out a bit more. I I thought it was all
1: right. I think it made look six look more legit because he got most of the offense in and it's really only like Flair just happens to be that little bit more canny and ring general-esque that he's able to kind of steal a win out of it. Like, I don't think it goes away. You go away thinking, oh, Flair beat him. It was real like, yeah, Flair kind of just outsmarted him. He wasn't necessarily a better wrestler than him in that match, but I enjoyed it.
2: There was a few things that really bothered me. No, like the crowd was just not into it. Yeah, that that was, that was one huge thing. They had long rest holds after long rest holds. You know, Flair is supposed to be this guy that's in like this great condition. He's obviously past his prime, even though brain's like, Oh, best shape of his life. And okay, now we have 10 minute rest holds. Yeah, that doesn't really hold true. (laughs) I I just have really bad memories of Flair uh, during this time. And this match kind of is the perfect example of it. it is very by the numbers. Although he, when he um, does his bump to the outside, you know, the flare bump over the top turnbuckle. Yeah. He usually gets clotheslined, but he actually dodges this. I think that's the first time I've ever seen him not take the clothesline there. So <laughs> I'll give him I'll give him credit for that one. But a lot of a lot of this matches did not rub me the wrong way because there should have been a lot more heat considering how this feud has been progressing. But it just it just felt very flat. Mm
0: yeah I, I think in my notes here I have at the start oh it looks like Flair is like back he puts a lot of energy into the first few moments of the match but then kind of coasts beyond that I think well. that's a
2: perfect way to put it I think he does coast because yeah. when I said by, by by the numbers like the emotion just kind of went it's away from there. it Yeah. hey I won the NWO doesn't beat me down afterwards it was just hey we have a match here we yeah.
0: go yeah, he yeah. kind of does exactly enough to pop the fans with the four horsemen and Rick stuff
1: I'm guessing it's at this point of the pay-per-view that I've kind of settled into how meaningless the matches are, so this probably looks better <laughs> by proxy.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, next is kind of equally as meaningless. At least there's a bit of a grudge behind this one. Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, against Diamond Dallas Page, and they've had a weird spat where Hennig thought that Page took him out, but again, we've covered a lot of this in the Nitro 100 episodes, so check that out. This is not the first time a match has started off the same, with kind of DDP being angry at the challenger, running in with a head of steam, and regretting it eventually. Uh, Hennig gets an early eye poke on DDP, takes control of the match, and chokes DDP with the towel. Considering some stuff that happens later in the night, why is that not a DQ?
2: (laughs) Yeah, just Listen, t- don't ask those questions anymore. There are so
0: many bad
1: ref
2: decisions in this match. That is not the one that you need to be getting annoyed at. <laughs> There's one thing that made me perk up in the beginning of this match. Well, okay, okay two things. First, the pyro budget for DDP is really... Uh, I think it's it's definitely improving because when he does the bang, yeah. it's definitely less farty pyro. It's, <laughs> it's it's getting better. It's more intense. And it's yeah. nice to see DDP showing some fire as well because I thought the last match, they didn't really show that same intensity. I think we spoke of that, like the wrestlers just didn't like Road Wild, and you could really tell, at least in the previous match. But this one, you can tell DDP was at least showing some effort. He's
0: trying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think DDP is going to show show effort nearly, no matter what he is. And having your matches so heavily pre-scripted helps, I guess.
2: You still have to put the emotion in it, and I think that's what that,
1: DDP that does the
2: best. DDP takes down the singlet of Hennick, which I thought was really weird, exposing his underwear. I don't know why we need to show like embarrass this heel. Yeah. You just betrayed him, whatever. It's not like this is a blood feud that we need to <laughs> get. So-
1: this will be forgotten about in two weeks
2: time. <laughs> right? Yeah. The other thing that that really made me mad too, is Tony mentions in passing that like, Oh, WCW Saturday night. Hendrick said he was a free agent. Not with the horseman. You could have showed that please. And, and that's what I brought up earlier. We have no packages. We just have like random bike shots and then next match.
0: Yeah, I think in general, they've they've kind of got these um, debuts, you know, starting stints of wrestlers are really bad. They start off on high notes with highlights. Piper's the same, starts off as a really high note. Then they have no clue what to do with them. I think the same has kind of happened to Hennig. Initial surprise, but they're just not presenting them very well. And they're kind of floating a lot outside, of, of course, the original Outsiders. They just have so many wrestlers. They're just kind of acquiring people
1: and going on. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll think of something. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: we'll just uh, we'll just ask the question: whose side are they on? And uh, yeah, ah, we got them.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get that ratings pop, and then you'll be in the mid card. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so, going to fast forward through this match a bit because I don't think there's much in the middle to comment on. But after a ref bump, where Hennig kicks up hard, launching DDP into the uh, ref. Launching is a generous term, lightly tapping the ref into unconsciousness.
1: <laughs> ref explodes. <laughs> ref explodes
0: on impact. Spontaneous combustion would be pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> good way to win a match. Hennig takes off the top turnbuckle and hits DDP with the exposed buckle. DDP plays dead. Like he's genuinely been just executed by that top turnbuckle. Hennig gets him up, hits a perfect plex. Again, DDP pretending he is dead, like lifeless, and has to support him up. Page is also bleeding hard from where he's hit on the turnbuckle, but this only gets a two-count big kick-up by Page.
2: I was actually kind of surprised by that kick-out. I thought that would be the finish of the match. So. I was really surprised
0: by the blood as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I was like, wondering if that was a
1: mistake. Well, it looks too in the right place for it to be... Yeah,
0: it placed. looks too
2: precise it it does and, but at the same time like, WCW is a very like no blood company and they cut to the yeah. wide cam for the rest of the match so I was like how can this be a mistake <laughs> again it's a weird feud to do this type of thing like showing underwear and having blood it's like what this is this
1: going on it's a real old carny thing to do isn't it right like right listen we're not allowed to do blood but Diamond are you okay if I actually throw you into the, into the turnbuckle yeah sure yeah okay
0: right we'll just say it's an accident cool no problem <laughs> Whoever has the big uh, bigger contract takes up the whole fine as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there is nothing better than in wrestling than blonde hair and blood though. It just yep. works.
0: Yeah. Hennig goes to bash Paige into the turnbuckle again after the kick up, but Paige blocks it and sends Hennig in instead. Paige goes for a Pile Driver or his kind of I don't I don't know what to call it, the almost it's like a, the It's called a pancake. The pancake. It <laughs> looks like what stu terrible finisher called. The Styles Clash? Oh, the Styles Clash. It looks like a, a terrible, an even worse version of the Styles Clash. Mm. Anyway, come on. doesn't matter. Paige, <laughs> the page goes with a pancake, but the foot hits the ref, who again is unconscious and, you know, might have severe concussions at this stage. We shouldn't make fun of him. Just too, too brutal to handle. He's actually job. still on Sturgis. They, they just left, left him there. <laughs> He wakes up for this tournament just once a year. Flair (laughs) Flair is out to help Hennig, but DDP disposes of Flair pretty fast with a diamond cutter. But the distraction lets Hennig hit another fisherman buster. The ref takes his time, so Hennig is hooked the leg for a good seven or eight seconds, which I think is a little awkward, but he gets the three count nonetheless for the win. Thoughts on this match, gentlemen? It's not great.
2: Mediocre match. Uh, I think DDP carried it with his intensity and his charisma and bumping. But I'm already tired of this Hennig Horseman storyline. If you want to call it a storyline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm already tired of the show. Full stop. I know this might be uh, a case of he doesn't have a lot of time or maybe he's not motivated. But his wrestling has been kind of bland as well. It's kind of the greatest hits of Mr. Perfect over and over. Me and Gene tells us that the hotline is red hot tonight. If we call, they will tell us uh, who Raven's first opponent's going to be. But, of course, cannot say that in public. Impossible. Against the law, almost. Gene throws us over uh, to a promo package, which shows us the Fall Brawl War Games match with a lot of wrestlers that... Aren't really on TV or pay-per-views or whatever.
2: <laughs> Whoa, we saw high voltage. The high <laughs> voltage is
0: <this>
1: shit. <laughs> that's that's my favorite part of the promo. It's like none of you are going to be in this match.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually okay. Joking aside, I actually love this promo because like shaky cam, flashing <laughs> lights. you have like the cheap came FDM knockoff music? Like I'm yeah. in get me in i love it
0: rage in the cage that's what everyone ever has to say i don't
2: know i don't know why like it was like it was so campy that it turned to awesomeness i don't know why it just goes from
0: bad to good yeah yeah no 100 percent agree. after this good promo package or quote-unquote good promo package we get bish black and white on a bike Because we're in Sturgis, you can't forget how much Eric Bischoff loves bikes while we're in Sturgis. And he's telling us that Luger's going to pay. Great.
2: (laughs) I believe believe him. Along with all my other notes for this show, again, at least it was short. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of short matches, we get the Giant versus Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth for the seventh match of the night. Yeah, this match doesn't have too much of a background, just an ongoing, the giant hates the NWO. I don't think there's much more deeper yeah, kind of, than that.
2: We've seen this match before. It was awful, although the roles were reversed, but that does not change the outcome of how terrible this match is going to be. Nope. No, it does not.
0: <laughs> I like the commentary team trying to explain to us what macho madness is as they make it down to the ring. As, uh, sorry, Andy makes it down to the ring. He's like, oh, he makes his opponents mad. I'm like, really? Because I think that. That T-shirts referencing to his batch a crazy person. That he's a coke fueled nightmare.
2: They're they're so they're so bored. They're just they're just riffing.
0: <laughs> they're just riffing. It, it means it means the madness he puts on you. I'm like okay,
1: oh. again the the criminal like no music for giants means the crowd just doesn't know he's there for quite a he while. He has
2: floundered. I mean, because they bring yeah. up like oh, it's been one year since he lost the belt. Like wow, where he has gone since yeah. then. Nowhere. yeah, Absolutely nowhere.
0: I am not <laughs> I actually going gonna... to go over this match too much. It's a bit of a glorified squash. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I'm not even sure why it's on pay-per-view, but, you know. <laughs> no, this seems like a nitro match, true and true. This is giving Giant the rub some watch because, you know, Randy Savage is still a high-up guy and still paid a lot. But Giant absolutely squashes Savage. Savage eventually gets a little bit of offense in, going for the knees typical stuff like that but when he goes for high high risk maneuver he gets chokes on for his trouble and that is the end of the match nice clean win for the giant on pay-per-view here
2: yeah again if this were nacho the nwo would hit the ring Yep, it's it's just it's such a weird thing to watch because i've I've just been conditioned for that and when it doesn't happen
0: i'm like uh okay we've got to the point where if the nwo don't hit the ring like oh this match mustn't mean anything to the NWO. Like that's the only explanation why else I'm attempting ding, to win ding. it. If they don't care, if the NWO don't care, if they win or lose the match, why do we care?
1: Yep. Also, they they make great pains to be like, oh, we're winning all these matches. It's WCW's night to shine.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Th- thanks for
0: that. Or even I would have I would have completely took the storyline of Savage knows he can't just beat the giant. You know, attacks him with a chair. Just beats the crap out of him with a chair, doesn't even enter the match. Something. Or I I don't care if Randy gets beat up himself, but if it's just a straight match where the NWO don't get involved, why why have the NWO? Why why have Macho on the NWO then? On to the eighth match of the night. And this one's highly anticipated, or kind of highly anticipated, but this one has been built up for weeks and weeks and weeks. Months and months and months. months, Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you talking (laughs) about? We have the Steiners with Ted DiBiase, Deserter, the turncoat. I don't know what to call him. but the uh, ex-NWO member Ted DiBiase against the Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash, for the World Tag Team Championships. The Steiners have been building up to this so long, and they've got the titles taken off them for BS reasons so many times now. It's been a whole buildup. They signed a contract that they didn't even read, so they had to fight another plab <laughs> team before they got these shots. And oh. I'm very surprised they chose Road Wild to have the big blow off match between these two teams. It's really the problem with Road Wild. Like you have this big match, and you what?
1: <sighs> why would you put it in front of that crowd?
2: Yeah, in front of this crowd, like yeah. in, in like the right crowd, this match would have been hot, like just super hot. The like, wrestlers wouldn't need to do anything.
0: But, like, the crowd just, like, yeah, look warm. Cool. The match before, the, the pay-per-view before this was perfect. Bash of the Beach must be one of their marquee events. And instead, 100% of Old Wild isn't a marquee event. It's just I filler.
1: I don't know. I don't think Bash the Beach really is. I think it, it's probably inflated because of what
0: happened on it. That's true. I guess we just have big memories of it. And it's very distinctive. But yeah. certainly this isn't either. And such a big build-up and such popular characters, like four of the most popular characters on your show... Foremost Sorry,
1: not, not to derail this uh, but it, it is kind of funny like you said big moments and I immediately went
2: Rob a shark <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's, that's what I was referring to the no, biggest moment good mom good of good, of good, of good. Of that's good that's why I thought good silver dollar match yep yeah, was right oh best. my <laughs> god the silver dollars <laughs> well, there, all time classic it's in my top five silver dollar oh,
1: matches oh man I, I forgot John Tenta was in the fucking company yeah.
0: <laughs> bring back John Tenta it's only been a year,
1: lads, and I can't remember any of this. <laughs> no wonder they didn't remember any of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's it's such a big match to give away on this show. Before it starts, it seems a bit anticlimactic, but this is a Steiner crowd, right? These are, this is a crowd that is mad for the Steiners, or they were last time they were here anyway. I mean, at this point, it's probably been too long. Like, it, it's probably It probably
1: should have had the match played two, three months ago realistically but by now you can't really hold it off any longer can you no that is mm-hmm. that
0: is what well, if you're gonna hold it off this long maybe you gotta hold it off longer maybe <sighs> throw one more bs obstacle in their way <sighs> it, yeah i just i, I don't know <laughs> it, it's tough it's it, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner i guess i can t- definitely see that argument uh out first and they are as slow as they come do not want to gas themselves getting into the ring, just taking it nice and easy, guys. Gotta have that NWO theme go the yeah. whole way. No way. It's a have it re- song. Why wouldn't you, you want to? You gotta have know? it restart, because yeah. Kev might blow a quad at any moment. You can't exert yourself when you're Kevin Nash. I will not I will not have this. these threatening words said about
1: Big Kev. Big Kev is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Gus is damn sick and and tired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking off the tie as we speak.
0: Uh. (laughs) For for real question, guys, with this team song, should the Steiners have their own Saturday morning cartoon? I mean, they probably should have. Does Rick
2: Steiner like like morph into a, an actual dog? I mean, yeah, like, a, like oh.
0: Rick Steiner is actually a transformer, while his brother Scott <laughs> is a flesh and blood man. Not not a shape changer. No, he's not
1: like a dog man. No, no, you wanted an to actual, be a robot instead. An <laughs>
0: actual transformer, yeah, that barks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we could uh, kickstart this oh, Steiner's Saturday morning cartoon with the actual Steiner eyes music as long as scott approves it i mean i'm in he has to only fight people that he can do mats at and he thinks are fat no but like looking
1: at it this way we get to have the best about worlds you get to have his like promo skills and his athletic ability all in one <laughs> that's true which like up until that point never combined so very very true he didn't even get him to do the screwdriver oh, my god
2: he would be, <laughs> be killing people on on animated tv <laughs> Well, they have to be the robots. Come on!
1: Yes. Oh, sure, true. Yeah. Well, then he can definitely do the screwdriver on the
0: robots. Like, who cares yeah. if they get broken?
2: Well, exactly. That's why the X Men—they're always fighting robots. Come yeah, on. Yeah, true.
0: He, he could—he could do the moonsault, fall away, slam, but he spins seven or eight times yeah. before hitting it. And Rick only barks, just barks and bites people, <laughs> just so he can realize he's essentially just Scooby Doo except wrestling.
1: <laughs> uh, is what you're describing right now.
0: <laughs> exactly that that is perfect they probably eat very similar amounts of food I well i want to
1: see scott steiner go on like mystery
0: tours and figure out <laughs> figuring <out> criminal <laughs> oh cases God. how good is your editing skills connor can we just put a cartoon scott steiner in scooby-doo <laughs> <laughs> cartoons uh, <laughs> it's just a video.
1: Anytime they have to go do research, it
0: just cuts to Steiner's maths promo. And that's all you need to do. Oh, my God. Anytime they're like, what do you think, gang? We can just have Scott in the background doing the TNA thing. What do you think of Samoa Joe, Scott? He's fat. (laughs) Man, again, maybe we we picked the wrong topic for this (sighs) podcast. Just Scott Steiner. 10 or 12 episodes of just things we have to say about Scott Steiner. Oh. The Steiners come out like Medusa did last year on their own hogs. Well, copyright. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we can't say that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess on, their own, on their own roads? Sure. No, that's not, yeah. <laughs> Should they have called it Bike Wild?
2: Called something else. It's so
0: lazy. <laughs> Roller <laughs> <a>
2: Wild. <laughs> Sounds, sounds. sounds yeah, sounds fun. Oh, sounds fucking adult. awful. Surely sounds they would have got
1: like the tie-in with Road Rash or something like that at that point.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the nineties. Got to be extreme somehow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, skitching.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they get a solid two minutes of pyro, I think. Here when they come down on their bikes. Finally, they showed like they cared about someone. (laughs) They have a six-month build-up to this feud almost, and the faces are coming out. The big pyro fireworks, they got their own cartoon-esque theme song. It's pretty perfect. I like it, and we've complained about long-term booking. We say this might have gone on one or two too many pay-per-views, but I'm excited to see the result. And was very disappointed when the match happened, because... We've seen this match before. We've said this with the Steiner a couple times. This is the exact same Steiner's Outsiders match we saw six, seven episodes ago.
2: We've commented on this before. Both teams are very formulaic. So when you get two teams that like to be formulaic against each other, you're going to have one big formulaic match. Yep. I like this match, though.
0: Yeah, it's it's absolutely fine. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit more feeling behind this because I think... For once the crowd add a bit to it, but they this crowd just loves the Steiners like they did last time. And there's been a good build up. As much as we've nitpicked things out of the build up, I do like that the Steiners, the you know, the brawny but not brainy Steiners have kind of chased the cowardly heels for a while, and it should be like that sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, unsurprisingly, the two the two
1: guys who are like upper card made event singles wrestlers are really, really good at putting matches together. And they, yeah. they put together really good like heat sections on uh, Scott uh, while Rick is just standing around like a rube on the outside. But I, they, they so, build
2: it really, really well, I think. I will give credit to Rick, though. Last time we saw this match, we saw the impressive suplex from Scott on a Nash, but instead Rick delivers yeah. one. And I thought yeah, it was yeah. a really, really nice suplex to Nash. When, anytime Nash gets suplexed, it's like, oh, yeah, that feels good.
1: Yeah. Well, he gets his own back, though, because he gets that. And, awesome big boot
2: yeah that big boot's great knocks yeah.
0: his teeth out looks absolutely vicious such a good big boot this is a little further in the match we're not going to bother talking about the start of the match too much it's normal steiner's clear house and a lot of barking and eventually someone getting isolated but yet coming into when the outsiders start getting dominance is off this huge big boot to i think it's rick after he gets distracted a little bit from a uh, hall on the outside and maybe the best move I've seen Nash do so far. You're so biased. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a great move. It was a great big boot. It's a great big boot. The one classic spot I think they've done to the Steiners a hundred times so far, the ab stretch with the hand grab. The outside is yeah, absolutely this Great. great. One. Great surprise, tag team. Move. Surprise, surprise. Great tag team wrestling. <laughs> the referee catches them and it backfires a bit on them. I'd
1: like to point this out. Another one, great one for continuity. Who's the wrestler? Or who's the referee in this match? Yeah, Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick. And literally nothing is said about it. <laughs> and
0: it was literally like, what, three months ago. Uh, they were going really heavy on, oh, we don't trust him yet kind of stuff until one big event and they've completely stopped talking about him since it's kind of weird. I really liked some of the some of the gloating the outsiders did when they weren't letting Scott get the tag. I like the one where it looked like, uh, Scott was about to get there and Nash just struts over really confidently stands between the tag and just kind of points. Like, do you want it? Do you want a tag? Do you want a tag? And then just knocks him off the apron. I thought that was really good. And they do some really nice heat, heat spots. Like Gus said.
2: Great, great stuff at the beginning of the match too. They do that. They like, kind of like pose up like, Oh, big muscular dudes <laughs> <laughs> they, they usually make fun of their opponents which is Nash and Hall can be a little childish at times but I thought this was uh, an appropriate time to do that Yeah, it
0: works it does work yeah I thought they were doing really well in this match and it plays up to the Steiners are stupid right Rick keeps trying to run into the ring which is they'll true they'll taunt <laughs> them just enough that Rick snaps runs into the ring Ref have, has to pay attention to Rick NWO gets the upper hand and cheats. They do a lot of not not tagging, tag ins and outs. And the ref, I love the ref going to the corner, like, I didn't hear the tag. And he's like, What are you talking about? I tagged him. I didn't hear it. Oh, whatever. He's tagged. (laughs) He's tagged. He's in the ring now. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I just like seeing the heel kind of completely disputed. What are you talking about? Of course, there's a tag. I
2: love that stuff, but the several suckets from the outsiders, that seemed a little out of place.
0: Yeah, X Pac is like sleazy enough to pull it off, right? Right. They seem a bit too cool to do it. They have their too sweet and they have. Too, yeah, def- I was
2: going to say too sweet, not too cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: <Godless. laughs> Eventually, the tables get turned on the outsiders when DiBiase walks over to Nash's side. Nash goes to attack DiBiase, but the ref breaks it up, letting Rick run into the ring and absolutely clock Hall. Finally give that chance to the hot tag. Bit of an awkward moment where Hall is kind of holding Scott by the shorts, uh, Scott Steiner by the shorts, and then hair. And then the hot tag is made. It's not efficient, knocking one down at a time kind of cleaning house. There's a little bit of delay because of Hall's positioning. It's all Again, no big deal. Doesn't really break the continuity of the match. But Scott Steiner gets Hall up to hit the Steiner dog. It gets only a two count because Nash pulls Patrick out of the ring. Patrick calls for the DQ. Steiner's celebrate with DiBiase, but Patrick quells their celebration, telling them they don't have the belts. It was a disqualification, and the belts, of course, cannot switch hands on disqualification. The crowd chants bullshit, and I agree very much so. (laughs) Yep. So disappointing.
1: Not the end you want after six
0: months (laughs) or whatever it is. (laughs) <laughs> such a long build up for such a bs ending also i like to point it out because i think it's funny when the bat there's bad continuity so when refs you know that perfect away with choking someone with a towel and stuff but yeah the refs in wcw are a bit lenient it's a bit of a meme it's a bit of a joke so it gets even more annoying than when all of a sudden out of nowhere they're not lenient at all that would arrest touched touch me slightly get him out of here disqualifications for everyone what
1: I what I've noticed is they try to uh, Randy Anderson a lot of the time in those spots, and they usually yeah, mm-hmm. give out and go. Oh, Randy wants to see a, like a clear winner kind of thing, and he's keeping that in taking that into account whenever there's those kind of shenanigans. But you are right though; like it's there isn't really much consistency going on with it. But
0: yeah, I, I am always like I will suspend disbelief as long as there's a consistent thread. You can tell me these wrestlers are actually. You know, have the ability to fly, sprout wings after the match, and fly from country to country. But then, if you tell me one of them just can't for no reason, I'll stop believing. I will believe any rules as a fantasy you present to me. They just need to be consistent, and the refing definitely is not.
2: It's just weird sto- storytelling because we had this big reveal of Ted DiBiase kind of joining the tag team, and some help he was. <laughs> exactly my
0: point. <laughs> The one thing he drove through a couple times, I really made a point of in the interviews, was that he knew the outsiders better than anyone in the company, and he has secrets that will help the Steiners win the match. Not not of one course. secret. No one not one secret was share. What's the secret? He's kinda of tall and his quads are bad. Get him. <laughs> his quads are bad at this point, alright? <laughs> uh, I'm convinced his quads were born bad. Oh. Anyway, <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe maybe he just knows about their drinking and drug habits. Uh, and that's all he's able to tell them.
2: <laughs> sure. Nonetheless, yeah, I I enjoyed the match. Obviously, the, the ending really pissed yeah. me off. The
1: ending is dumb as fuck, but uh, I quite enjoyed the match itself.
2: I, th- I think Hall and
1: Nash are good wrestlers. Yes. 100%. And they always do good jobs, uh, I think.
2: Yeah. And these two teams have good chemistry as well. So yeah. it helps.
0: I think yeah. they're especially good when Nash isn't lazy. When he like likes the other team in the ring, and I don't think he has anything against uh, Steiners, or I guess if he did have something against them, the Steiners might decide to sort it out in the ring. So it's probably not a good idea. But yeah, he, th- these teams work well together; they have a good dynamic. They, it's a bit of a sameish match, but such an overbooked ending. I'd rather I'd rather the Steiners have just lost. So
2: that's that's kind of what I was thinking. End yeah. the feud some way. Have yeah. have the Steiners lose, or, or just move on, please
1: this is like, nobody wins really from this. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like it, like, it makes me think that there was obviously
0: political stuff going on. There was some, uh, w- were you saying Connor, there's some stuff about it in the Observer at the time?
2: Yeah, so the Observer says that Hall and Nash complained that the, the titles are being hot-shotted too much, which I can kind of agree with. Titles in general? Titles in general, like, I think, and then... Sure, okay. So apparently that's what change the booking for this match so apparently terry taylor had booked the whole match so that the titles would change this night
1: yeah which makes sense the way the way it's booked up until that point you're like
0: yeah i would agree more with the outsiders if nash wasn't on the record of saying he was one of the people that advocated for alex to win the title everyone did so on one hand, he's going. I would not like my titles taken away from me. were you know, not just my titles. we're, we're just throwing around titles too much. And on the other, just a couple days previous to this pay per view, he's like, "Yeah, one hundred percent. Lex should win the title."
2: Something doesn't add up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's almost as if he cared about his title more than Hogan's.
2: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just just wish the tag team belts just meant more. I mean, they've had them for what? How long? A year? Yeah, but basically a year. The guts of a year. They've had that belt.
1: Yeah, I, belts.
0: I don't mind sometimes having a champion like that. And at least the outsiders are using cheaty means to keep the title sometimes. So they'll win clean a couple times. And then they make the faces look like superstars by having unsurmountable odds. But this finish is just awful. Like, what do you
1: do with them if they don't have the belts? <laughs> is Is the other issue.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe just henchmen for Hogan for a little bit. They're because not, not going to st- want to do that. No, I I think that's a major point of why they kept the titles because they don't want to just be Hogan's henchmen. They want to be their own team. And they know if they drop it, there's a likelihood that Steiner's feud like Heat again or something for a while yeah. before go Like at least going one back of them to the outsiders. Is essentially in
1: limbo because I can, I can buy like Hall wrestling for the US title, say, which is pretty much what he does after a while. But like. Can't see Kev wrestling anything but in a world title picture. So, like, as long as Hogan is is their the champion, like un- until they want to start doing the NWO attacking each other from the inside kind of thing, he's kind of stuck. Like
2: he he is. It's it's definitely awkward. What I think it bothers me bothers me the most, and we, we kind of say this with a lot of these WCW matches is like if they had some kind of stories that we can kind of get behind as well, it would be a lot easier yeah. to be entertained through this whole long feud but there's nothing that's really changed over this past year with them really is the NWO falling apart that's basically the whole storyline that they've had otherwise it's just been where the champions are the best yeah. it's basically it yeah
0: Pretty much they, they do also just have that automatic heat you can just parade them out and the crowd are going to react and they're kind of living still off that initial turn right
2: yeah but how long can it last of, uh, of course how many more years so
0: we'll be fun to talk about that's true And for the main event of the night, ladies and gentlemen, we get the reigning champion, Lex Luger, WCW heavyweight champion versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Buffer introduces the participants of the match with his normal attire, his white suit, but this time a beret with an eagle.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) odd. That hat is fantastic.
0: (laughs) Have you guys seen the, the live action Street Fighter film? yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. it looks like the it looks like Jean-Claude's Van Damme
1: yeah 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 pretty much it
0: looks exactly (laughs) like that for some reason the exact berets that like fake army wear and I was really hoping that Hogan came out as M Bison of course do you reckon they just kind of gave it to him and he was like fuck it you're paying me loads of money anyway so (laughs) I feel like someone in the crowd might have given it to him is that like a biker thing like, it kind no. of, it, it can be a biker style hat, like, not the way he's wearing
1: it, but. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing it ironically. Yeah, but like, it really feels like he's like, ah, I'm getting X amount of money anyway. Just, I, I have to announce one match every month uh, or whatever. Like, why not do it? Like, what difference does it make?
0: We, of course, get the challenger at first. Hollywood Hulk Hogan, bleach blonde hair, skin like a hot dog. <laughs> I got the opposite, sorry. First, first person we get out, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and notably out with no one. No one to carry his title since he doesn't no have any more. No Bischoff. Again, it's super weird that he's so prominent on the Nitros, but not on these shows. But he's off making all of the bikes that people have parked in order to watch the, the WCW show. It makes sense. There's a lot of bikes for him to touch <laughs> at this time. <laughs> Creepy. Even more fireworks for Luger than the Steiners did not know it was possible. Much blander music, though, could not make a Saturday morning cartoon out of Lex. I didn't realize Lex was from Chicago, though. Connor, do you know him? Do you know Lex Luger?
2: Do I know him personally? No, yeah. no. He's oh. kind of thing, like, he's, he was, he's born from Chicago, but he doesn't really, I wouldn't say he's a... Chicago-in. He's not a real... No. That that man has never eaten a piece of deep dish in his life. Yeah, exactly. There's no way (laughs) way. he's ever had a
0: carb (laughs) or cheese. Not in his entire life. Lex is unfazed by Hogan's early intimidation, taunts, and pushes. Luger is showing off his power game early as well. Big shoulder blocks while the commentators uh, hype up how strong Luger is and how Hogan can't take him on -on one-on-one confrontations like this. Crowd are super loud, loudly cheering Hogan sucks chants. Really anti-Hogan crowd here. And it's nice that the the crowd are cheering the right thing. As we said, considering they're not like an experienced wrestling crowd, really getting into how much they hate him. And Hogan is living for that. Absolutely living for that and milking it.
2: Yeah, what's what's the best way to keep that heat going? Bear hug spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the most entertaining of all spots. <laughs> the most
1: madly of all spots as
0: well. <laughs> yeah, slowly Hogan imposes his Will on this, grinding down Luger, bear hugs. He's jawing with the cl- crowd. He's choking Lex at ringside with some cable he's found which again, not a DQ, though touching the referee's leg is.
1: Yeah, I was, I was hoping you'd point that out considering what you said earlier. Yeah, he's just, you know, just cheating in full view of the crowd and everybody. <laughs> I mean, it would make an awful lot of sense if he already had the belt, but no, you have to win that belt fair
0: and square, Hogan. Hogan does some work on the back. As we said, bear hugs and some kind of side back breakers to wear down uh, wear down Lex. Maybe take the, the rock out of his arsenal is kind of the storytelling we're being told here. Well, there's a test
2: of strength spot with oh. my favorite spot of the night, too. Hogan just hits Luger in the balls right in front of the ref too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again,
1: that's it's Ten. Randy Anderson as the ref you see and he wants to make sure that there's a
0: finish.
2: Right. <laughs> right in front of him though. There's no hiding it or anything. You should get a right t-shirt
0: there. that says that. It's got a
2: finish. Yeah, Randy. It's just Randy Anderson going, Come on. <laughs> I'm not getting fired again, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I need this job. Uh Eventually, after a wear down by Hogan, completely slowing the pace of the match, big suplex, but Luger pops straight back up, completely knows sell it, and he gets the mandatory second win that every face is entitled to in every match. After a head of steam by Lex, Hogan cowers in the corner. Uh, Lex doesn't hit him and the refs break them up, but Hogan gets a poke in the eye when they re engage and gets some momentum back. Hogan takes too long taunting after a scoop slam and misses with the big leg drop. He sells missing with the leg drop so cartoonish, like he's been shot in the ass all of a sudden. Everyone's falling on their butt at one stage in their life. I can guarantee you it doesn't feel like getting shot, like
1: like he puts on, you know? I've already lost interest in the match by this point. So.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to look through my notes for more interesting spots. You can't, because it's, it's, a,
2: it's a continuation of the match we saw five days ago. Yeah.
0: And the match five days ago is way better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, even to jump pretty much ahead here, to finish is very much like... And this, this I think, is a purpose, purposeful callback opposed to the rest of the match, where we get the NWO hitting the ring when it looks like Hogan's in trouble, when Lex powers up, pops up after that suplex. He just disposes of them all. Nash doesn't even get in the ring the first time like last time. <laughs> But this time, while Nash is down and the referee is distracted, Sting is at ringside, or very yes. obviously fake Sting.
2: Sting. <laughs> not, not only that, Nash is holding the ref. He's, like, hugging him. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> He's trying to get up. No, no, you can't do your job. <laughs> no. Everybody, don't don't watch, watch the show, but fast forward to what Nash is doing at this moment. <laughs> I'm trying to help it you with brilliant. your continuity.
0: <laughs> Sting. The sting or fake sting or whoever that sting was hits Luger in the back with the bat. This lets Hogan hit a leg drop for the three count. Our champion again. This is the worst, right? Again.
1: Because this the, whole the answers make it seem like this didn't happen like a year ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Almost exactly the same thing happened. <laughs> it's just the commentators somehow don't know it's the fake sting. Yeah, it's just insulting our
1: intelligence again. <laughs> it's insulting the commentator's intelligence no less as well. Yeah, that they
0: have to make a play like that. It's just, oh, it's so bad. I don't mind if they ask like, questions on commentary and present you with questions, but if they're just like, "Yep, that's sting," that that that's it's disrespectful to me. It's disrespectful <laughs> to the other viewers. It's disrespectful to yourself. Gotta forget everything we've learned
1: over the last six months and just act as if it never happened.
2: Okay. And don't look at his crappy hair and <laughs> obvious mask yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, when he was walking away, I mean, his hair at the back is like Sting has never wore his hair like that. In his I height. mean, at least this time they picked
1: somebody who was roughly the same height as him on, like, last <laughs> <Right>. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big Kev is... Uh, code isn't around for the pay-per-view for some reason you're like
0: huh all right <laughs> I, uh, okay uh, the thing i dislike about the sting stuff i, I like all the sting stuff in the in the way it's been like built up or whatever the thing i dislike is they keep going back to the distrust well when you just think you're out of that cycle of is he or isn't he we very much know he is because every sting that's attacked people is fake sting and they just go back to the well of can we trust him now we have fucking obviously you can trust him just like every other time that he's come through or rescued people or saved your main events why wouldn't you trust him it's a terrible ending to a (laughs) pay-per-view yeah it's it's terrible ending to this match terrible ending to this rain we're talking about hot shotting titles there seems no need to have done this definitely could have just done this later especially spoiling our next show already Hogan just doesn't bother to show up for the next pay-per-view. So why not just leave it with him for another pay-per-view? And then you can take it back off from the one after. And then Lex actually has three, four pay-per-views under his belt with the title.
2: Yeah, I think we talked about a little bit about, about this on the last episode. I, I am really not that disappointed that they just hotshot it really quick. Because yeah. Lex is obviously not a great champion. And I think in storyline, you don't want WCW to celebrate that much. To make it hurt even more. So in, in storyline, I, I think it's okay. Obviously, with everything in WCW, the execution is just bad. There's yeah. just so many other ways you can do this that are just fine. Because the match, it's, say what you will, it was okay. For the Hogan match scale, it was actually one it's of his better ones. fine, yeah
1: yeah. 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 Yeah, there's just, there's just a, lots of different ways they could do it. It could easily be planned out into something more Then I mean he's just won the title and every single person empties the locker room to help him like celebrate and then Mm -hmm. if he loses the belt he can immediately come around and be like guys we're supposed to be together where were you what am I supposed to do when six people jump the ring and attack me you're I thought you guys Mm -hmm. were behind me or whatever and then there's actually some form of conflict there but no no we'll just have fake sting that'll be the thing that'll jump him again (sighs) knowing them they probably didn't even address it afterwards either so
0: yeah just just keep peddling this thing is just evil or say nothing it's yeah disappointed i thought the card for this was like pretty good and as much as both these men in the main event are limited it was nice to see a change it was nice to see them actually pay off a storyline and invest in a new main eventer or building a new main eventer and they just don't i don't think lex is ever meant to be there in fairness like
1: connor is saying like i i don't really mind it going back to hogan because the 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 story is obviously Hogan and Sting. That, that's where they're trying to get to.
2: I think Lex was like the perfect fall guy for this. Like if it was
0: yeah. DDP, I'd be like, fuck this.
1: Yeah. Oh, they yeah. would we'll have wrecked DDP, yeah. If yeah.
0: you're going to have a transitional champion, I, I agree with you. Lex is probably the guy to do it. Lex or maybe giant, but we've seen giant Hogan a bunch already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: because I, I think I meant to check this out. I'm pretty sure Lex, he doesn't, he's not a world champion ever again after this, right? He,
1: he doesn't do an awful lot
0: in the next pay-per-view anyway, that's for sure.
2: Pretty much for the rest of his WCW career, he doesn't do much. So this it's kind of the downfall of Lex, almost.
0: Yeah, we said it in the last episode. They bit on him a bit too late. I feel other faces mm-hmm. are surpassing him. Well, this, they just don't have a storyline for
1: him. Like, I don't, I don't. As well, yeah, that's not. I don't as know as why well, they yeah. thought it would work. Is the thing like the only reason he wins that belt is because he just happened to be the number one contender at the time? I think.
2: Yeah, and they they had a story. They just didn't follow through with it. Him being like best friends with Sting. They just dropped it for some reason. Yeah. It's, it's such a relatable thing that you can easily put together. WCW, two best friends. I mean, maybe they bring it to the forefront because I have no idea how this feud kind of builds up towards Starcade. So maybe they don't, but I doubt it. I give WCW no credit to actually pull that no. off.
1: No, I mean, it's, it's maddening enough already with the Sting stuff because, I mean, he's just not there the majority of the time. When's the last time he was actually on a pay-per-view?
0: I don't think we've seen him in ages before the Nitro show even though that was just normal show.
1: And uh, spoilers, he's not on the
0: next one either. After this match, we get some awkward scenes where the NWO are definitely supposed to celebrate, but Hogan like covers his eyes and just walks out of the ring. And it seems like some stuff is getting thrown. We can't exactly see what, but it's a bit softer than the popcorn that's usually thrown up under paper cups and... It's a biker rally, There could easily, I guess, be glass bottles. And someone say says he got hit by a stone. Connor, you were saying in Observer, but we're unsure. It doesn't yeah. seem like the most pleasant situation to be in, though.
2: Yeah, they hightail it out right away because yeah. in storyline they're supposed to spray paint the belt, which they do, and afterwards, which we'll get to. I'm just really pissed that the WCW locker room come out to help Lex after the NW leave. It's like, why? What are we doing? Yeah. This is there's just no yeah. thought put into it. Well, that's what I was saying with like just lazy, just the whole production, yeah the continuity, everything. Yeah,
0: agreed. Agreed.
2: We we seem to have like a plan for the Nitro episode. This one's like, yeah, we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. So because they had to rush so much to the back, the commentators kind of have to awkwardly fill time because there's obviously another segment there, and they're talking about a fight in the back they never throw back to, and they're just filling time, kind of talking about nonsense and unsure. And Eventually they just cutting ter- to
2: random fans, too, for yeah. like
0: two minutes, it seems. It's really odd. And the fans aren't all that happy about what's happened, and they're cutting to them. Super odd, but what's what's obviously happened is because of the rush to the back, they've blown through a couple of, you know, phrases or spots they wanted to do. I think they maybe wanted to spray paint the belt in the ring, but instead what they do, throw to the back where there isn't a big fight. Instead, the NWO were just celebrating. Rodman is randomly there. Apparently he's chilling out. That seems uh, worth his time and money. He gets the uh, honor of spray painting the belt. And of course he, the N is too big. Anyone that's ever spray painted something knows your first letter is way too big. <laughs> the next one's have to be smaller. Yeah, yeah. And the trail trails yeah. off into like this you, Yeah, the you can see him pause like oh shit. Everyone does. Like he goes N and then he starts the W and there's a small pause. You're like, Yeah, there's no way you're fitting all three letters and you know it. It's too late. Everything's ruined.
2: I love Hogan's uh comment here. He says, I love sharing the belt with you guys. I laughed so yeah. hard when I heard yeah. that.
1: As Conan oh. is the bear, the bearer of the belt. like I mean, It's probably the closest he ever gets to that belt.
2: <laughs> Hogan saying this, it's just the ironing is delicious.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hogan also being the team captain, telling them they all own the belt, right? Oh, of course. Hmm. Yeah. Of course, they all own it. It's the group's belt. But no one else touch it unless I tell them. But it's the group's belt. You can have it on Mondays. Hall, oh, you can have it on Saturdays. Rodman, you have enough trophies. We'll keep the we keep the belt. You can just hang out. Now, it's, <laughs> it's a little awkward, but they do their best if things were genuinely being thrown at the wrestlers. I understand them rushing through it. It, yeah. it. it does just come off as a very awkward ending to it. So I can maybe tell by the tone of your guys' voices. <laughs> we're gonna have to ask the question. We'll start with you, Connor. What do you think of the show overall, and whose side are you on?
2: Well, not much to say about this pay-per-view. Just uh, overall, very poor presentation. No promos, no promo packages. I mean, we've said pretty much everything about the whole setting of having your wrestling show at Sturgis. We went in detail of how bad it was at Hogwild. It's it's the same problems with having it. And, of course, they go back to the well (laughs) at Sturgis. What, two more years? So can't wait for the next one.
0: I think it's two more.
2: At least they, for the next one, I think it's just a celebrity match. So at least they don't like waste storyline matches. (laughs) So that, that'll be fun. And I just, man, I cannot imagine putting actual dollars down for this. To pay pay for that. Yeah. Coming off the hundredth Nitro, emotional victory, WCW regaining the title. And then we just have this show. It just really stifles the momentum of just everything in your show. For whose side am I on? I'm probably on Alex' right side. He's great, still the cruiserweight <laughs> champion. His dance is great. He uh, got actual reactions from the crowd. Uh, yeah,
0: Alex' right. Good stuff. You know what? I'll allow for this episode. I'll allow it. Yes, <laughs> Fergus. Same question to you. What do you think of the pay per view overall? And whose side are you on at the end of it?
1: Much like Connor, um, pay per views are supposed to be like the best of your of your shows. It's ways and means to show off, like the culmination of stories and so on and then hopefully that they'll continue to watch week to week and then they'll pay and so on but they're not even getting they're not even giving their best on those shows and they're not even trying to it's almost like they've they're kind of tossing out some stuff on nitros and then kind of going yeah uh you'll you'll think this is worth paying for so we don't have to try because why would we try for the people that are paying like and then it's also a show that's free essentially There's an entire crowd that didn't pay for this show. So they're already down money just putting on a show.
0: I I always get super surprised when I look at some of the details of the event. It's like (laughs) people in the arena, 2000 money made
2: zero. But all the advertising dollars they made off it. Yeah, Um, for sure.
1: But it's a very bland throwaway pay-per-view. I mean, I won't remember this in a week's time tops. (laughs) I'll vaguely go back to it and be like, oh, yeah. Pretty bummed out by it, actually, to be honest. Just with how poor they've put it together, considering how good their roster is. And, I mean, there's only one person I'm on the side of, and that's Big Kev. Because Big Kev is clearly making (laughs) out like gangbusters in this at this point. Like He gets to do what he wants, (laughs) and he doesn't have to wrestle all that much, and he gets a big say in what he's doing, and he gets to be in the biggest stable. So, I mean... Who wouldn't want to be Big Kev at this point?
2: Is that the first and only time he's going to be on anybody's side? Wow! <laughs>
0: it probably won't be. Uh, I, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know if I want to allow that answer as much. But I've, I, I think. I think I, I like mean. I would have said Alex right, but Connor already took it. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as for myself, I'm I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it looked like a decent card with some actual storyline matches and end up being. There's something worse than bad wrestling because we have covered some bad wrestling in this show. Boring wrestling is way worse than uh, bad wrestling. You can ask Vince Russo; he made a career on it. I think Gus hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to remember any of these matches, bar maybe one or one or two moments in them in the future. That's not great. As for whose side I'm on, I'm on the side of the fine tradition of the dead match. <laughs> Death match means something to me. Damn it. I'm gonna make sure in wrestling it means something again. So Dave's on K Dog's side then. Okay, that's good to know.
2: What?
1: No, no. <laughs> what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the winner of the death match. He's upholding your legacy.
0: So he's, he's your, the king of that. He match. is therefore your champion. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, if anything, I'm on Terry Funk's side if I'm picking that match. Mm. That's us for another edition of the WCW versus NWO podcast. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook under the handle WCW vs. NWO Podcast. Where else can they find us, Connor? You can find us
2: anywhere. You can download podcasts. Uh, we do our hosting through SoundCloud, but iTunes, whatever other hosting uh, you want to download it off your podcast machines, you can find us there. We also do sh- like special video episodes on Vimeo. That's vimeo.com slash WCW
0: vs. NWO Podcast. Hopefully you're going to do more special videos in the future from me connor and gust thanks for listening and see you next time when we uh got ourselves a good old-fashioned hoss off